Welcome to the Talk and Chatter Experience, powered by Gasoline Alley, Harley Davidson. Today's guest is two times Australian Superbike champion and AMA Supermoto champion, Troy Herfoss. Welcome, mate. Thanks for having me, mate. No worries, mate. Well, I nailed that one. I, I was a bit um, bit nervous to, to try and get the uh, intro out, but we nailed it. <laughs> Who's Troy Herfoss? Uh, just a kid from Goulburn. See, an old bloke now, but just a... Still feels like a kid, though. Guy from Goulburn that loves riding a motorbike. So you, you grew up in Goulburn and obviously you've done the move up to the Goldie now. Yeah. How, how did it all happen? Where'd you start with? Oh, I, I just, I was born into a, a family of motorbike riding. Dad dad loves motorbikes and yep. yeah, I was I was six weeks old and I'd already been to four dirt track races, I think. And, oh, um, serious? Yeah. And we didn't have any land when I was a kid. So I just uh, had, a, had a bike and we'd sort of go out to friends' places. Then when I was about 11, dad bought a couple of acres outside of Goulburn near Wakefield and um, yeah, I just rode bikes every day after school pretty much. Yeah, right. So when did you start your actually racing side of it? Uh, I, I did a couple of um, like support events and club events when I was a kid, but yep. when I was nine, ten years old, um, dad decided um, he'd take me around for the year and we'd done the state championships and the Australian championships for dirt track. Mm. They were in Canberra that year, so um, it wasn't too far to go and yeah, I was on an 84 model YZ80 in 1996 and wow. qualified for the final my first time. And, and um, I think there was all Hondas on the grid and, and my old Yamaha. And, an 84 YZ. Yeah, the thing was a bit of a weapon actually. And yeah, and from then we just, we both loved it. Dad yeah. bought me a set of leathers on the day because my kit didn't didn't go through scrutineering. And yeah, yeah, we were pretty green to it all. And um, like Dad had a lot of experience and was a, he was a national dirt track champion, long track and dirt track. Yep. Um, classic bikes and stuff like that, so it was a handy rider, but yeah, just rode around the bush really when I was a kid. Yeah, right. So your dad, it's Mark, isn't it? Yeah. So yeah, he won yeah long track titles. Yeah. And normal dirt track, full Aussie titles, eh? Yeah. Well. So he's yep. he's claimed the fame was, or I, in my opinion, he, he won the Bathurst long track Australian title in '91, beat Daryl Beatty on a CR500. Nice. And and I never won an Australian long track title, and and um he definitely we were two different riders really. He's. I was, I'm sort of smooth as silk on the dirt and he's he's one of the blokes that gets out on the fence and holds the thing wide open. And that Bathurst long track is a track to remember too. Yeah. I don't think they do it there anymore. I think nah. it's stopped now, but that was a crazy place to be. Yeah, one of the most prestigious long tracks, yeah. I think. 100%, yeah. It was one of the ones that um, everyone wanted there was that and uh, Blaney. Yeah. Those were sort of the two that people sort of wanted to have. Yeah, they were fast. that was a fast track too, fast Blaney. So, so you went on the YZ. How long did you keep that YZ for? So I rode it that year and then in 98... Um, yeah, dad, dad got me a, a new bike. Yeah. So. And what was that? Uh, the local Kawasaki shop, Bill Burke from Golden Kawasaki. He, yep. Him and um, a guy named Michael McGeekin had the painting shop in Goulburn. Dad was doing some work at his house and, and he won, they wanted to help out and and um, they they done a deal somewhere, the three of them, and dad and, yep. and them two lads got me on a brand new bike and, yeah. The KX? KX? Yeah, 98 model. 125 or, or no, 80 still 80, at that yeah. point? So yep. I was 11, I think, yeah. Yep. Got my first new bike and we'd done the, done the whole year. Dad got me a, a downpipe for it and I was a dirt tracker then. They're a cool bike, eh? Yeah. It was a good area of racing too. So how long did you stay at the 84? So 11, I guess it's two years, isn't it, I think? Yeah, yeah. I actually done – I was a pretty small lad and yep. um, when I turned 13, yeah, Dad was busy, busy with work and stuff and we didn't actually do a lot of riding. Yep. I think I borrowed a – I borrowed a CR125 actually and I'd, done, and I'd never ridden a 125 and done a couple of runs down the 
back street. And so he got your practice in. Yeah, <laughs> guy Trevor Marsh. He, he maybe you, you might know him. He was a great dirt tracker, uh, Brock Park sort of era. Okay, yeah. And um, yeah, he had a 01 CR125. I'd never ridden a Honda, and I always, you know, been a dirt tracker. Yep. All the fast guys are on Hondas usually. Correct. Yeah. And um, yeah, rocked up at Blaney and won the long track on my first time. On the one two five. Yeah, it wasn't a total meeting, but there was a lot of fast kids there. Oh, yeah. And, um, yeah, so I'd done that year just riding at home really. But then when I was 14, I was sort of grown enough to to um, to get a 125. And it's funny, we, we decided then, we'd, we'd had the YZ, we had a KX80, and we decided, look, the next bike we get, it's got to be like a 96 model CR125. Yeah. That, that were the go. That, that was the fast one. That they? was in 02. Yep. But that was still the, the go. All my, all my main competitors had them. Yep. We had one lined up. Uh, at a good price and um yeah the local suzuki shop the golden power center um gave dad a cracking deal on a uh, rm125 oh really and so we we bought it it was, it was a good bike too but so what's uh, it what is this this is oh yeah that was an 01125 yep. yeah yeah right. it was a decent bike yeah um but then we end up um when i went senior i ended up on a yz125 and a, a yz250 and a kx500 so i still hadn't ridden a honda yet Wow, that's and, a long time. Um, yeah. So yeah. it wasn't until, um, yeah, my first bike I bought myself, um, yeah, it was a CRF 450 2004 model. Yeah, right. I was 16 then. And um, did so one, that was the did first one meeting on it and it got stolen. You're kidding? Yeah, yeah. Where from? From a racetrack or at from? The, at the AOS in Canberra. A uh, dirt track had a... At the Institute of Sport? Yeah. It was out, out the back in, in the car park and yeah. my mate had his bike in there with um, Supermoto set up mm. and my bike there with the... I'd borrowed a gold back wheel, which yep. doesn't mean much, but that's the only reason we got it back in the end. So, yeah, they, oh, you did. they stole the bike and then um, 15 months later, Dad was going to find this bike right or wrong. He'd been going <laughs> through shops in Canberra and yep. he was actually flagging it in Canberra at yep. a dirt track event and a guy had left and he drove past a – this is no word of a lie – he drove past a servo yep. and he sees um, – I got T-boned at the last race I'd done that had a few little marks in the seat where yep. it ripped – and he's seen that and he's seen a gold wheel and he said, oh, it's, it's not often you see a, yeah. an 18-inch back wheel, especially a gold one. Mm. He rang Dad. Dad left the track straight away uh, while the old mate bailed him up. And, um, and unfortunately, the only, only place Dad went wrong is he, he um, I don't know if he gruffed old mate up, but he got the bike off his ute and yep. put it in his car and then he called the cops. Yep. And um, the dirty bugger got away with it because he wasn't in possession. So oh, we ended up taking the, it back. We ended up getting the bike back and, yeah. Had it, had it had much uh, hours on it, do you reckon, since? Yeah, yeah. It, it hadn't. So I'd, I'd sent it away and had some work done to it and it was it was a bit of a weapon and, yep. he, and he must have tried to start it and it kicked back and broke the casing. And ah. It had a bit of, yeah, it needed a bit of work, but we, we actually got it going and, and flogged it off. And so Dad felt felt bad for me after he'd, he'd sent me on my way and said, right, you got to buy your stuff from now on. And yep. That was my first bike, and then then he gets flogged. Yeah, he he loved he loved coming to the races with me. So as soon as he got flogged, he he got me on another one. So did you get another away. CRF? Yeah, we bought the exact same bike actually. Yep. Yeah, they're they a good era. Yeah, of, of the CRF too, like the start of them, weren't they? Yeah, that thing was it, was. it felt like it had traction control. Getting off the two strokes. Yep. Um, it was so easy to ride. So you went from basically doing like all powers and four fifties on a five hundred. Yeah, Straight as soon as I went from junior, yep. I was dad had a 650 Husserberg, yep. so I rode that. And then, um, yeah, a guy named Tom White from Cowra, he had a couple of really fast bikes and and was keen on being at the races but starting a small business. He didn't want to be hurting himself. So, yep. yeah, I'd, uh, his two bikes were 
weapons. I actually won my first Australian title on his bikes. Yeah, so, right. Yeah. And that was a senior. You didn't get a junior Aussie title, no, did you? No, no, I got a few seconds. I had yeah. too many fast guys with, with me. I had, I was sort of, my age group, I always had Josh Waters. Yeah. He's He was always the fast guy. And then every two years I'd, I'd have to race, or I'd have to be on the same track as Casey Stoner. I never yeah. got to race him much, but... Yeah. Um, so he he was a bit older, but um, yeah, it was a good era. And then above that, like um, Brock Parks, like yeah. between Parksy, um, Casey Stoner, I guess you got to put Josh in there as well. He got them guys just won hundreds of titles. They won everything. Yeah, yeah. in every state. Yeah, pretty much. Eh? So yeah. you couldn't you couldn't sort of escape them, I guess, at that point. No. Nah. So what, like, what are you? Thirty three. Yeah, thirty three. So yeah, Casey's around. Yeah, he must he, be 34 or something. Just, as well. I think he's a year and a bit older than yep. me. So, yeah. wow, what a time, hey! With yeah. with your with your riding down there, what did you have mostly? Was it deco, or did you have some oil track stuff? Or you were saying uh, about the 18s and stuff? What, yeah, so have? when I had started racing, Canberra was still oil, mm-hmm. but um, once I went to 125, it was granite. So I never had a lot of oil tracks. Yeah, but I just really, I got on with the oil tracks really well. Yeah, first time I went to Kempsey was my first oil track. Oh, yeah, away yeah. from Canberra, like a state championship, and um, I think I was more competitive then. Yeah, Josh, Josh was extremely expre- impressive on granite. Mm. Like as a kid, probably you nearly say he, he probably should have went um, speedway. Not that he, he made a bad decision. He's an extremely good yeah. road racer, but he was um, he could just get around a granite track real good. And mm. I, I was okay, but um, yeah, it wasn't until I got older I sort of picked up. Um, Probably when I got on the bikes with a heap of power, I, I found it a lot easier. On the granite? On the granite, yeah. Because you're road racing now, like, and we'll touch on the Fireblade a bit as we go, but um, the corner speed and this, like, it, your oil track background has got to be a big part of that too, like riding in that as well, hey? I reckon so. And yeah. it's funny, once I rode Supermoto, mm. um, I was so much better on the oil. Oh, so, really? So when I went, I hadn't ridden oil for years and years. And yep. when I went to the Ballast Classic, I hadn't even ridden a bike in 16 months. But on the weekend before, we went out to Forbes and, and um, Draney gave me a go on his bike, um, the lad that let me ride his bike. And and I rolled out of pit lane onto the oil and it, it just felt like I was, I'd never been off the bike. But back home. Yeah. Because we'll, we'll get to there now because you basically retired, eh? Yeah. I, yeah. I even said... I didn't say it publicly, but like I'd said to my mates, and I thought I just didn't have any. When I stopped right riding, I thought I just don't want to yep. race. I just don't. Because you come back from Europe, hey? Yeah. Is that right? Yeah. It was Europe, and then it was just I'm stopped. Yeah, I yep. come back and I had a had a ride lined up in the championship. I'd been riding in in Germany, and yeah, a few things happened that I just didn't. Yeah, morally, I didn't didn't like it, yep. and um, and I was sitting there, and I thought. You're just so easy, easily replaced, and I'd sort of always said to myself, if I wasn't a pro when I got to 25, and um, I'd probably think about going and, and just riding as a hobby. And I'd sort of been doing well up until that previous year, and then that year I'd taken a ride that was for free, and um, you know I was supposed to make some money from winning races, and yeah, I didn't get paid, and then I got sacked, and I just the bank, I just had no money, and I could have made it happen. You know what I mean? Yeah. And and everyone's got that story, so I, I, it's not not a not a poor me story, but I just thought, you know what, it's actually pretty yeah. good being at home, um, yeah, having a job that the money goes in the account every Thursday every afternoon, week. and <laughs> yeah, but it didn't take long to, you know, yeah. log on to the internet and look at the results, and you start telling your your friends, oh, I could I could be doing that, because that was IDM, wasn't it? Yeah. 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 It was a good championship. It was great at the time. It yep. was um It was, it was very strong, wasn't it? 
Yeah, so there was open electronics and open tyres. So you had you had Mitchell and Dunlop and Pirelli yeah. all doing a lot of the development stuff in there and the electronics and the bikes were insane. The bike was incredible to ride. It was a lot of fun. What were you on over there? I was on a BMW. S1000. Yeah, and it was just before – the next year I was going to be riding the HP4, the, which they just oh, released the at the time. Yep. But the bike I had was a lot of fun to ride. Like um, it was fast, it had good electronics and, um, mm. yeah. I actually had my first taste of a Honda Superbike that year. So I, What, over there? Yeah, once I got – um, moved on from the team I was in. Yep. Um, uh, Carl Muggeridge was riding Honda. Yep. And he was he was so good to me. He, Carl um, was. Yeah. He was very friendly guy, and he was the end of his career, and he was always happy to help. And but a fierce competitor too. He's he's on an underpa- underpowered bike compared to us, I think. And yep. he was always jamming up the inside of me. And but yeah, when I I actually stayed at his house the night I got um, sent from the team. Wow. And um, yeah, they their rider was sick or injured, um, and I I got the call up, and it was actually Carl's last ever event um, at Hockenheim, and he got chickenpox. He looked like death. Serious? And he could barely ride, and then I rolled out of pit lane, never seen the track, and down went down to the first hairpin, and the guy behind me tucked the front on a cult tire and wiped my ankle out, and I spent the night in hospital. So I'd, I rolled out of pit lane on a bike I'd never seen before for qualifying yeah. on a track I'd never seen before. And, um, yeah, that was that was all. Th- I was thinking, geez, what am I doing here? And got to ride the old Hockenheim yeah. circuit. It was a great track. I it did, was. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. Is that the one that goes through the um, the forest, isn't it? Ah, uh, no. So we we done the short track. So okay, we, yep. we we just done the, basically the stadium area. I can't yep. remember what the lap time was, but it was just a general size GP track, really. Because it's a beautiful, like even the GP track, and that's a beautiful track, isn't it? Oh, it's great. Yeah, I went for a look around it, and yeah, yeah, scary place. That and Nurburgring, geez. I'd, so you got to ride that. Yeah, I rode Nürburgring a couple yeah. of times and the full. No, I took a took my rental car around the full one, yeah. thirty or forty euro, and you just go for it. Oh, that'd be awesome. Yeah, yeah. Except for I was in a Peugeot one hundred three, and it. Yeah, it's not the. Done uh, its best to get hundred and twenty. I think you're probably better off in your van now. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> so, we'll rewind a bit back from there. But yeah, as you start touching on the IDM stuff, I was really interested to you know talk about talk about that, and we'll, we'll come back to that as well. So. Um, so you got into a senior CRF four fifty. Did it yeah. start to click like as a senior more? Did yeah, you know? I yeah. I'd, like honestly, when I was a kid, we we um never we we took it very seriously. I, yep. We always raced hard and stuff, but like the budget wasn't massive, and the bikes weren't always the fastest bikes. Yeah. Um. I'd, yeah. Dad's a great mechanic and always have reliable bikes. Yeah. Um. I had opportunities to win. Don't get me wrong. I um. But yeah, once I turned senior, it just. I had a good bike and um, and I don't know, I just liked the bigger bikes and, yeah, I think I was just a late bloomer. Yeah, right. I just, uh, everything clicked. So the first year, really as a senior, I started winning. So what was your Aussie title? Uh, so I won two, 250, 450 and third on the 500 at um, Kempsey. Kempsey, Aussie, yeah. So uh, bloody, the final was a cracker on the 500, but the two guys that beat me were just, we were all good enough to win, I reckon. Yep. We'd done a bit of winning as the weekend has gone on and, yeah, Ken Bisley got the start and Darren yep. Herrick on his wheel and wow. two guys with just so much pedigree and experience. Yeah. And I just couldn't find a way past. And and at, at the time I'm thinking, I think Parksy had done it. He'd won. Because he was a Kempsey local too, wasn't yeah, he? Yeah, Parksy was, well, I don't know where Parksy was from, but he'd won the 125, 250 and 500 yeah. and no one else had really done that. And um, and sort of once it went to four strokes, they were sort of the three classes. Yep. And um, yeah, but I, I couldn't quite get 
couldn't find a way past them guys in the final of the 500. Yeah. Kevin Beasley around there was fast, eh? Yeah, that was he was good at everywhere on the world, but that track especially, he yep. was real quick. Hard to beat there. Yeah. So, and just seeing all the 500s. Yeah, like lining up on the final. I remember because, like we talked about before we started yep. here, like we're both massive, massive fans of, of dirt track. Yep. And them guys are guys that I'd been watching for a long time. Like yep. I was racing against guys in there that, you know, I'd been watching for years and, and the whole final, you, you're rolling up the start line, there's smoke everywhere, you can just smell methanol and yep. you click the thing into about fourth gear on the start because it's got that much horsepower. <laughs> and um, it yeah. just... It's just so intense, isn't it? It is, it's mate. Two yeah. minutes of it, nothing really compares to it. I don't think so. And a place like Kempsey, you just constantly, you constantly go. Yeah. Like the straight at Kempsey's not a straight. No. Like you constantly turn. Like it is. It is a fantastic. Yeah. It's 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 a very underrated sport, especially oh, yeah. in Australia. Yeah. You know. So. And even like I'm big on fitness and stuff like that. And, and dirt track, the intensity and the yep. level, the level of intensity for that two and a half minutes. Yeah. Is something I don't experience anywhere else. Is that right? Yeah, it's just like you, you're pretty much hanging at Kempsey. You're hanging on for dear life, yeah. especially on something like, yeah. like a 500 or something like that. It's yeah, I, and it's scalable, I guess, because it depends on age. Like you go back to riding, eight, thinking about an 80, you probably were just holding on just as tight, yeah, as, as right, a junior yeah. as well. But yeah. you just, I don't know, riding a 500 or 252 stroke, it just still, yeah, I don't know, something about it. Yeah, that's right. But like I was 16, 17 years old, and yeah. I had a methanol breathing 500 it was just scary like yeah yeah and those bikes were literally very fast too yeah they, like were, they weren't they were um, like you could put them out there now and they'd still be competitive yeah you yeah. know with the just right really rider. hard to ride <laughs> yeah <laughs> like yeah. like switches yeah so you won the aussie title in what, what, what year is that you reckon 2004 that's four yeah and then when did you switch to supermoto or was so, it a switch or was it a um did yeah you do both? that was pretty much it then yeah um what happened we had a so yeah, we sort of. I wanted to be a road racer, but it, you did. It just it just cost a lot of money, and yep. and um, even yeah, we sort of realised that supermoto was getting a bit of traction, and and um, it was a cheap way to do it. Yep. I could crash the bike and get up and keep going. Yeah. And so I was doing. I end up. I think that year in '04, I'd done a couple of track days at Wakefield, and I'd done a race there, and. Um, like on a road bike. No, on a 450. On my 450. Oh yeah, yeah. And just raced with the 125s. Yeah. And um, and then. Uh, Mark Avard had a supermoto race at Sydney at the tennis centre. Yeah. And all the big guns come to it. Yeah. And um, and I I went up there on my 450 on the Honda. And um, at the time, Paul Feeney was running the, the Husqvarna team. who um, He was importing Husqvarna for a lot of years in MV. And he's from Goulburn. And oh, so he? he knew my dad a little bit and he's seen the name. And and um, that night at the tennis centre... that. I, I think I had the fastest lap of every time running the track of my my class and and um, crashed my brains out every right. time. I couldn't I just couldn't stay on the bike. I was just overriding everything. And so is that your first supermoto race? Yeah, I no, I'd gone to Wakefield for a supermoto race a couple of weeks before, but yep. it rained and I just didn't get really a good. But chance. like as a massive event, that was the first. Yeah, and like I'm racing, like yeah, yeah. Mickey Diamond. Yeah, Mickey Diamond, yeah. and not not to mention the Australian motocross lads, the Australian road race guys, yeah. and they're all there. Craig Anderson. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Guys like Ando, and um, but yeah, uh, Feeney, Paul was um impressed, I guess, because he had an eye on me. He he seen that I had some speed, and yep, and um, yeah. So a couple of weeks after that, we went to Bathurst Long Track, and and he called us on the way to Bathurst and said, "Can Troy be up here on Sunday?" And yeah. um. And uh, dad, dad loves his flying. Um, had a mate that had a plane. Mm-hmm. And um, after the Bathurst long track yep. on the Saturday night, um, the next morning, dad's mate 
we we um flew up to uh Stanthorpe in um Oh really? Carnell Raceway. Yeah, the first round of the Australian Supermoto Championship. Wow. And um and I was I had a, a factory set of leathers there, fully custom um suit. They're waiting for me and I'd never been, you know, this is big time for me. Yeah. My teammate was Josh McFarlane and um hmm. Chad Turnbull. Okay. And yep. um yeah, and that was that was it. I, I went racing. I crashed in every race, all eight races. I crashed that season, and um, yeah, it was a terrible. It was terrible. I Do you d- remember who else was in that then? Yeah, Shannon Johnson dominated that year. Did he? Glenn Allerton was good on the Suzuki. Yeah. Um, on the motocross guys, I can't remember. Denny Ham. Oh um, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Because it was Stuart Bennett. Yeah, Stuart K- Bennett, KTM, obviously, obviously KTM obviously. and Graham Cheney. Cheney. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Um, I think Gary McCoy was actually on KX500 as well at that time. Or yeah, maybe just he, he was dabbling in it. I don't know if yeah. he'd done all the rounds or some of the rounds, mm. but yeah. And th- so the first year I'd, in um, 04, yeah. uh, should, I should be able to remember this, 05, I, I, I just didn't go well. Yeah. I just, yeah, I was just young and, yeah, I don't know. I'd, I'd, I was just so silly, really. I just, yeah. I just wanted to be fast all the time and I kept crashing, basically. <laughs> and you were fast, but it's just yeah. just pushing it sort of thing. Yeah. And was that a four fifty straight yeah. away or five ten? I rode the four fifty. The four fifty. Yeah. Yep. And uh, Josh McFarlane rode the six sixty at the time. Oh yeah. And then um, the factory sort of. Yeah. Yeah. Which um which they realised after a year or so it, it was cool and it was a factory bike but it was actually a lot harder to ride than the five ten. Animal mate. Yeah. yeah. He done well at riding that bike there as well as he did actually. Yeah. He was a great rider, him. Hey? Yeah. Just smooth as silk. Yeah. I yeah. remember him coming to. He come to Ballina for that Aussie title, O2. Yeah. I think he might have even rode a 620 KDM yeah. or a 54. It was a real it was weird, a big bore thing, real big bore yeah. thing. You know, sort of like your dad's Hustler, but Hustler, yeah. you said. Yeah. Real big bore bike and yeah. beautiful machine. But yeah. Um, yeah. I remember that year actually because um, Josh used to dominate King of the Mountain. Yes. And um, and that year Paul Paul was like, oh, we've got a dream team. We've got a young dirt tracker and we'll put yep. him with Josh and we'll dominate it. And Josh loved riding the 19-inch speedway tire around there. Oh, right. And I didn't have any experience on them and yep. and I just couldn't, I couldn't, it was real twitchy and I high-sided myself to the moon down the hill and... Jeez, I've had some crashes. Yeah. <laughs> I ended up in a hospital in Toowoomba and, and he won it so many times and I, I was feeling the pinch because yep. I had this teammate that was a bit of a star in my mind. Yeah, he was. And, and I ended up, he ended up in the in the locker room pretty early that day because I'd crashed the wow. bike on us. So, wow, yeah. that's crazy. Is that the only time you ever rode up there? No, nah, I rode it the year before, and you know what? The year before it was it was one I'd never forget. It was, they just sort of the two fifty four strokes started yep. coming out, mm. and um, I didn't ride. I rode the big class with my dad actually. Yep. Um, and he ended up he ended up crashing. My dad did. Oh and, really? Yeah. I was going. We were sort of top ten ish, yep. but it sort of scared me a bit riding around there on a big bike because I was I was only just out of juniors, and but on on the the lightweight class, I teamed up with a girl named Candace Scott, and she had a brand new KXF. 250 and yep. they'd only just released the RMZs and the and the KXs and there was a heap of us. I think um, Westy, Dan Reardon, Josh Waters, um, a couple of other motocross guys and yep. and we were just going for it. All the bikes were pretty much standard. There wasn't much you could do to them when they were brand new. So new, yeah. Yeah, and we were, we were having the best races. It was good fun. Do you know if – I actually never ever been there. Like, oh, really? Out of all the events and I've been to a couple but um, – is that where they have the motocross now? Yeah. It's the yeah. same facility, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. On the motocross weekend, you can barely pick out where it is, but yeah. it's quite steep. It's it's a pretty intimidating track. Because people used to run sliders and stuff there, hey? I don't know how. Like anyone who can run yeah. a slider around there has got no... Crazy. Yeah. Because, yeah, I remember watching it a few times and I've seen... Um, I don't think Chris Watson ever did 
Yeah. Don't know, but Brendan Osborough, another oh, Aussie yeah. champ. I think yeah. he did it a few times. And So the only thing with them yep. guys, they run out of fuel in the 20 lapper, I guess. Yeah, it's a bit hard, isn't it? So Such small tanks. That's one way to get rid of the slowest. Yeah, that's right. Gets rid of them pretty quick. They're but always yeah, too to, fast. Yeah, they're so fast. And to ride there, as I say, I've seen the videos, but never, ever got to that place. And, yeah. you know, it's probably like one of the um, most historic dirt track yeah. sort of events in, in Oz. Yeah, and so. the good thing with Toowoomba was on any day you could run – 17s, yep. trials tire, motocross, um, uh, like a 19-inch speedway tire, yep. and knobby front, like, um, and that it was competitive. It yeah, was real right. weird. So um, it wasn't just one tire. You've no. got to be on this trials tire, otherwise it's not going to work. Yeah, no, it yep. wasn't like that. You could sort of, if they had a bit of water, enough water where the slick line wasn't wet, yep. but enough where there was a bit of drive out wide, you could actually get away with both. So you'd get guys coming around. That's cool. Pushing the front a little bit and the guy on the outside of him full lock sideways. Yeah. Yep. And then the right hand up the hill was an Armco fence with a little lip and like Troy Carroll used to ride there every year and I just remember seeing him, he'd yeah. stand up and just handlebars near the ground, come round the outside of everyone and then launch up underneath him and put him up in the cheap seats up oh, into the geez. top left. Seriously? It was impressive to watch, yeah. Because he's a local up there too. He probably yeah. got a bit of a bit he of He was a great dirt tracker actually. Was he? Was a lot of dirt trackers struggle a bit with the – dirt tracking sort of concept but yep. he was yeah he was handy up there yeah right because it's it is it's like and, and you've probably seen it in rivals along the way you're either a motocross guy or you're a dirt track guy yeah you know, you're either sit down or you stand up sort of thing i yeah. guess so it's a um you yeah. do see it yeah what when did it start to click on the supermoto that year um even that year i was crashing a lot um it felt good I still five, it, i knew it was sort of going okay but husky yeah not many guys wanted to ride the husky like worldwide and um yeah paul being the importer he, he got a call from a team in america mm-hmm. um and the americans had just come out and just i don't know how why it worked out this way but in the aussie title rounds i was going terrible yep the americans come out and all of a sudden i was the only guy that could match him or beat him and right. um not match him like stewie bennett was still beating him a bit but i guess there's only a few of us that could go with the american yep. guys and whatever happened, them weekends clicked for me. I think it, it was something to do with we didn't have to race on the Maxxis tyres that I, I wasn't enjoying a lot, but I was crashing oh, on them a lot. But um, Remember that control tyre? Yeah, yeah. That, that's, that's, I started Superman on that tyre. And I just, I mean, now I'd be fine. But um, yeah. at the time, I'd, I just didn't have the brain. I just didn't have the brains, really. I just yeah. The race yeah. brain sort of yeah. thing. Yeah, and it, it, you had to work heat into it, and I didn't know the concept of that. And yeah. But, um, yeah, it all clicked for me. The Americans come out and, and this team called Fiend and, and said, um, we've got an injured rider. Would he, would, you know, if Troy can um, pay for his flights, we'll give him a bike ride. And, um, yeah. and so Paul come over with me. Yeah. We went over to the first round of the AMA Championship. And, um, Do you remember ra- where that was at? Yeah, Road America. Oh, cool. Elkhart Lake. Yep. And it, it rained so bad they cancelled the dirt section mm. um, on the first day, I think. Yeah, no, no, they cancelled all together. There's no dirt. But you still had the the jumps, the, the um, what are they, they call the urban cross jumps back yeah, then. Yeah, right. <laughs> but it was a 65-foot tabletop. And, um, Big jumps, still. Oh, yeah. It was – so what happened was uh, I went really well. I, I got second in the all-powers race. Um, yeah, second in the all-powers race. And then the 450 final, they had guys like David Buffaloof and um, – uh, Jürgen Vanderbosch. Yeah. yeah. He was the man. Like Internationally, yeah. Yeah, and he even went to World Supersport and, you know, I think he got a couple of top fives oh, and really? stuff. But, yeah. Yep. And um, so I was up there. I was sort of top eight 
on the on this husky in the 450 but in the in the second main event um the guy on the ktm team a guy named kurt nickel was the boss of ktm then racing yep. in america um motocross supercross and supermoto he was doing some as well i um Oh, no. I jumped, I come up onto this tabletop and he just sort of checked up a little bit and there was only one dry line on it. It's on, it's on YouTube and I, I just come into it and just touched his wheels we took off, 65 foot. Oh, it's, no. a, it's the same size as a, as a Supercross triple and it's just thrown me up. I've gone flying, yep. landing on flat ground. I hit my hand that hard, I had pins and needles for about two days yep. and um, I went up and tried to apologise to him after it and he just... he. He just sort of towing a piss off, really. So was he like the boss of and KDM he was the motorsport? Bo- he was the guy hiring and firing oh. for, for motor racing. And um, but after that, um, after that, the the Husky team sort of didn't have much of a choice, really. That I'd I'd beaten the teammate, and yep. and there was another race in two weeks, and and we got home, and they said, look, um, if you can get another flight out here, there's a there's another race, and we'll give you another go. Yep. And and Paul said, no, mate, you got to pay for this one. <laughs> and um, yeah, they flew me out. I I um, I got I think I won the 450 class. I uh, won the open bike class, and I I got a second behind Doug Henry. I was on his tail the whole final, yeah. and um, got a second. So they said, oh, look, you got to come back now. So I, they flew me out for this double header, and I and I won all four unlimited bikes and led the championship. And um, and then I, I finished up there in the 450 as well, but. It's funny, at the time I was working with my dad, I think I was making about 500 bucks a week working yep. full time. And um, and at that stage, Supermoto was going crazy and yeah. no one was riding a Husky and no one really wanted to ride one. So the contingency program, I signed up and signed up. You just go and sign the Husky on a contingency plan, the Dunlop contingency plan or whatever it was at the time. And Husky were paying $7,000 US for, a, for a, a privateer, which is what I was, to win a race. And and the doubleheader weekend, I won four races. Seriously? So I've come home with more money than I was going to make in a year. And, yep. and I got home from there and, and I think I was more of a hindrance to dad at work. So he said, look, mate, while you're making money, why don't you just start training properly and, yep. and, um, and I'll give you some time off work. And, and that was it. From that point, I've been lucky enough to be a, a, pro. a, a professional rider. So tell me this, like at, at that time... Um, so that's 05 still? That was 05, yeah. So, like, I travelled to the States in 05. The dollar was, like, 60 cents. So when I come home... So when you come home, you yeah. pay bank. Yep, yeah. So that's that awesome. year, I, I, I made good money yep. from... And it was money that anyone could make. I just signed... Yep. I just got there and signed the form and I signed on. Yep. And, um, yeah, it was a great period for racing. Like, at the yep. time, Matt Maladin was making oh, yeah. millions. And, um, and then... Yeah, pre-GFC money. That's right, and then yep. so the next next two years, I was a factory Husky rider the year after, and then went moved on to KTM, and I was I was making a good living, and and um I think I was going to go road racing anyway, but then just as I went to go road racing was when the GFC hit, and yep. and uh, I can tell you now I made a lot less money when I come home. Oh yeah, it yeah. Fell, the market but, fell pieces. Yeah. Which is yeah, at the time that's sort of probably weighed into my decisions to stop racing because it was getting to a point where things were changing and. At that point, you win a race, people want you. And, um, you know, mm. I was a respectful young guy and I was getting good rides because I was doing the business. And, and then you see and you hear all these stories of guys bringing a lot of money and, and then 
you know, my first experiences in Germany was, you know, getting the sack for next to no reason and, and not getting paid. and The moral it, ground. Yeah, it sort of, it become a thing of, it become a point where I wasn't going further in my career based on um, how I was acting as a person and how yep. I was riding the bike. Mm. That's so, a that's a tough one. Yeah. And it, it's probably, it's it's like such a dog-eat-dog dog world now. Yeah. It's like that probably across the board. Even in that period between 2011 and now, yeah. it'd be everywhere now, I guess, yeah. too, wouldn't it? Uh, but the, I sort of needed that, really, because I sat on the sidelines for a yep. year. I realised why I'm doing it, yep. what makes me tick and why I want to do it. And, you know, and then I probably readjusted my end goal. Like, when I was a kid, I was a typical... I'm going to be a world superbike champion. That's all I want to do. That's yep. the only thing I care about. And you think you're the best guy in the world, even though you're, you're not. <laughs> and um, yep. But after I had a bit of a break, I, you know, okay, I'm happy to – I want to compete in a competitive championship and I want to be competitive and, and I want to just go and enjoy racing for what it is. And, and then I was actually a better rider after that anyway as far as um, – What your actual craft got better. Craft, yeah, yeah. Tell me about the X Games. Oh, that was a scary, scary time in my life. Really? Because it's like, it's probably like the Isle of Man, really. It, mm. It's sort of a race where you, I, th- I don't know what people do it for, but like, it looks like a race that you do because it's popular. There's a lot of people who love it. Yep. It's a high adrenaline sport. Especially then. The yeah. X Games was like... Um, yeah. And there's money in it. So you're, you're getting brought to it because it's, it's mm. so dangerous, really. And, like, for me, like, it was a supercross race. Like, there was literally a year where we went reverse through the supercross section. So, you know, it's, you know, a harder supercross track. Yeah. We're going backwards through it. Like, Makes um, no sense on 17-inch yeah. slicks. Yeah. And my first time I had, you know, you got McGrath, Chad Reed, who yep. at the time were still good. Like, you know, they were still leading finals. And yeah. he was winning. He still won championships after that. And, um, yeah, my first year I was reserve and... And I'm just so thankful I never made the start line because it was so scary that year. They were, they were jumping up into the stadium. and Oh, is that that one where it had that big jump yeah. into the down ramp in? Yeah. And, um, yeah, I, I actually – I got – I could have had a good result. When I, when I when I did it with Husky, it was the – I wasn't a good – I had to work to be good on motocross. Yep. And, and I got to the stage where I was going good at it. But on the Husky, I – it was – it was scary to ride that bike through the dirt section. Because it was a proper supermoto bike, wasn't it? Yeah. It, it, it was a really good bike on the road. Yeah. Um, but in Europe, there wasn't a lot of stuff where you had to be, you know, timing sections and, and, um, and bouncing to the face of a jump. Yeah. Because yeah. Um, that X Games, like, you know, I, I was doing supermoto at the time and that was like the pinnacle of, yeah. you know, the sport. Like, Well, not yeah. the pinnacle, like still the world championship for it. Still, it was, yeah. You know, AMA supermoto champs, the biggest thing, but... The X Games coverage was fantastic yeah. for the sport. It was great. And once I joined KTM and yep. they were right behind me, That they had a, they had a good budget and, and um, it just was lucky that that race in August, all the all the focus was on motocross for KTM at that stage. So the supercross track in Temecula was not not really getting used that much. Yep. And, um, and so, like, this is how lucky I was at the time. For pretty much six weeks, I'd just drive out there, put the code in, sit there with a sprinkler system, water this supercross track up, take my factory super motorbike out there and ride supercross pretty much for a month straight. And the KDM test track. Yeah. So I'm hitting the by the end of the month I was by the end of the month I was able to ride the supercross track, like triple the sections, triple the, the triples, yep. um, hit the whoops on a super supermoto bike. And um and so when I went to the supermoto race at X Games in 07, I was ready to go and yeah. um, it made a big difference. And um, 
I was actually unlucky that year. We had our only mechanical we ever had um, in that team was I was second in the race and my clutch clutch broke. Oh, really? Um, that cost a fortune. Was that the 450 yeah. SMR? Yeah. 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 So was there money in the X Games? Yeah. There so, was. Yeah. So it was 100 grand to win from ESPN when Doug Henry won it. For the supermoto. Yeah. The, the years I'd done it was $50,000. Yep. So when I finished, when I, when I, when I could have possibly won or finished second at worst, yep. like um, that was a $30,000 US payday. Um, oh, just from ESPN, not, let alone the, the KDM um, contingencies and stuff like yep. that. And um, like even the first year I'd done it, I DNF'd and walked into him, I'd lanyard back and, oh, here, Troy, you've you've got some contingency, 1500 bucks for doing two laps. Really? Like, that's just for making the final. And at the time, like, yeah. I wasn't used to that. Like, You've grown up doing dirt track in Australia. Yeah, that's <laughs> right. Like I was, yep. yeah, we we had a couple of good dirt track events where you'd, you'd make a couple of thousand bucks and you'd make your, your mm. money back and that was great too. But at the time it was like, that was a lot of money for me. Yeah. I guess for Chad Reed going to the race at that stage, he'd be going to X Games and, um, you know, it was just a bit of fun for him. For me, it was like I, I could make a yearly wage here like, yeah. um, if I put everything into it. Hey, that's huge. <laughs> yeah. like, the, it's so interesting to, to see the two different scales of the sport, Yeah, you know, to see Chad come into that. And yeah. I think Nicky Hayden did it for yeah, one or two years yeah. as well. And, you know, yeah. they, at that time he was the world champ yeah. in MotoGP. Like yeah. it would have been not a payday at all. Yeah, well, he, he actually got a bit of a... He got a bit of trouble from Honda, I think. They didn't it, want him to do it, I don't think. So he went and done X Games. This is the year after I stopped. Uh, maybe the last year I'd done it. But mm. he, anyway, he, he cased a jump and hurt his heel. That's he right. still raced, but I think he was in a bit of pain the first few GPs. And yep. Yeah, I, I can't imagine it would have went well, but he never really done it much after that. No, that was about it. Yeah. That was, yeah, it was a good time for the uh, for the sport. When you, when you did Husqvarna yeah. before KTM, were you – you did the Aussie titles here for the Supermoto still. Yeah, were you travelling in, in between? Yeah. You were? Yeah. 06, I was, I was contracted to Husqvarna yep. um, to race in America. Um, in 05, I, in 05, I'd done two world championship races yep. um, as a bit of a trial with them and then spent a few weeks there and, and just hung out with the team and stuff yep. like that. And they, then they put me into the American series as a, as a factory Husqvarna rider. It was the same team, but they just got a bit different support. Mm. And, then, um, and then I rode both classes in Australia. Yeah, so, S1, S2. Yeah. Yeah. So there must have been 04. So, sorry. So 04 was the year I crashed a lot. Yep. And then 05, I won every race of both classes and then snapped my wrist at the first race of the last round. And I had like a... A ridiculous points lead, yeah, and um, and got beaten because I didn't. There was four races for the day, hundred points up for grabs. Oh, really? Yeah. And um, and I ended up in hospital, and I finished fourth in both championships. Where was that at? That was at Newcastle. Oh yeah. Or Cameron Park was it? Is that what it's called? No, it was a supermoto track near Newcastle. I thought it was called Cameron Park. Was oh, it the one they did on the um the other go kart track down? Yeah. There? Yeah. And they had yeah, a little yeah. bit, a bit of a funny whoop section and. Uh, I was actually I was real nervous on the day because yep. I knew I could win it. Yep. And um, and there was a bit of a funny four section whoop thing, and and I couldn't jump it with it and still make the corner. Yeah, right. And for for God knows what reason, I tried to do it on the first half of the race, and um, and the guy in, and what I realised at the time I was coming off the jump before it and I was hitting it quite hard, and um and. I should have just followed a few guys because the two guys in front of me sort of slowed up and pre-jumped and 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 seat bounced or yep. sort of bounced into it. So I soaked it up. And I was coming at them to do it the way I was doing it, 
and I, I had to check up and I hit the last one and just went over. My hand went through the bark buster. Wow. And that's what a, a, the little lump there it sort of dislocated my arm and, and broke it. That was it. That's so, the end. Yeah. So that's 06. That was 05. And then 05. 06, I won both championships. Yeah. That 06 year, um, they had the, I think it was the last one at Willowbank. Yeah. At the cart track. That's right, yeah. And I, I raced that one. Yeah, that was I, a good track, wasn't it? That was awesome, mate. Yeah. And I remember you coming past, like, I was never any good. Um, <laughs> and holy crap, that was fast, eh? Those yeah. bikes were really quick in that era yeah. too. Yeah, so that so. stage, I that stage I was getting going in America. Yep. I felt good on the bike. Yep. And I hadn't, I'd learned a bit about how to set the bike up too. And you actually like, um, like bonded a bit more with it. Yeah. Because it was you and um, Adam, Adam Sini. Yeah, I think. How exciting was Adam to watch? He was great. Yeah, he and was he, really good. He was so good for me because one, he was a great guy. Yeah. Um, but he was an he was an unbelievably talented supercross rider. Mm. Like he would just make me look stupid at the motocross track. Yeah. But also at the X Games, for instance, like he did it too. He was he was a reserve. And I think yeah. he might have made the race, but like he he was jumping the supercross. Like when we rolled out, there's yep. got there's Chad Reed, and there's Adam Sinney jumping everything first lap like that's how good he was yeah like um and that bike was not easy to ride and so that was good for me he was riding yep. the open bike class and the lights bike and i was riding the 450 right and um and he was just a good guy like and good teammate. worked hard and and rode real hard and he was he was gunning for me that year like so he was we were racing hard like we were, yeah. we were banging bars that year so yeah it was good like a really good time that that last race probably the last good race they really had there because it sort of drained out pretty quick after that. Yeah, but, unfortunately. You know, the KTM transporter there. Yeah. Obviously the Husqvarna, like KTM was their supercross truck, like yeah. it was their factory truck. Yeah. Um, and the Honda guys off-road team, was it? Honda the smaller the, truck with the off-road team, that's yeah. right. Uh, Alex Gobert had the Aprilia yeah. set up. So do you know what happened after that weekend? Oh. Um, I can't remember what magazine it was, but they'd done a, they'd done a test of the bikes and somehow all us guys yeah. rode each other's bikes really yeah and um that's rare that was real weird yeah when you think about it now like and i don't know how like for me it was okay but, but i don't know how like grabo riding for honda off-road and stuff yep. stewie bennett them guys we all rode each other's bikes and um yeah it was just on the road section no dirt or anything but um because that's one of the things uh, as a racer you sort of always wish that you, you could wonder, do. You want to yeah. sort of see, you yeah. know, you secretly yeah. wonder what it would be like to have a go on that. That's, yeah. that's really rare. Yeah, it was, yeah. Yeah. That was a good time for the Supermoto. Yeah, it was. It was It was really good. And I think it was It was because their motocross guys wanted to be involved and it was a good yeah. off-season tool and road races. But the problem is we've become too specialised at it. Yeah. And, you know, at the start they could rock up and because they were so good they could just get going. But, yeah, adapt but, to it. But once we... Once we started setting the bikes up really well and I think it become hard to just rock up. And that's what I think Chad probably liked about it and them guys is they could do a couple of track days before yep. it and they'd go and be competitive. Mm. Whereas then you've got guys getting paid an income to test the bikes and, and set the bikes up and and then, yeah, it's um it's hard to be competitive with a specialist, isn't it? That's it. It's a, it's yeah. a job at that point. Yeah, you know, and I think that's what they didn't want. They didn't want it to be a job. But yeah. yeah, exciting to watch. Yeah. Super exciting. And 08, so 08 you went back over to the States and that's when you won yeah. the title. Yeah. So Was that a good feel? So the reason I told you that story about Kurt Nickel was yeah, so okay. at the end of the Husky thing, I I just I just knew I needed to be on – KDM was bringing the new bike. Yep. Um, 
they had a good budget. They 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 were a really good team, and I just I didn't go that good on the husky. Yep. So the first year I was I was really fast, and and the bike once I joined the factory team and I got the factory bike, it it wasn't it was reliable, but it wasn't as good. Whereas the guys running the private husky, they were getting that thing going, but it was just breaking down a little bit. Right. Um. And and so anyway, I I just went and had a meeting with Kurt and. And sat down with him and just asked him for a ride. Do you remember you? Oh yeah, he, yep. he yeah, he, and he was a real hard man. Like right. that guy was a hard man. Like yep. he'd worked for what he got. He and he, and he was just a no bullshit sort of guy. Wow. And it was so intimidating. Like sitting just like this, he ruined like this, and yep. I'm sitting there quivering because I'd I'd had Paul Fiend managing me before that. Yeah, and and he was he had a lot of leverage because he was the importer of Husky for sure. And um and and now I was for the first time I was going to a team that didn't necessarily want me. Yeah, uh, they were interested, but I had to sort of um you know sort of give my yourself. case to them. And yeah, yeah, it was it was so good. They gave me a test on the bike, and I went out at um we're at Utah at uh, Miller Motorsport. Miller, yeah, it was a a purpose-built track and it was like a two-minute lap time. Must have been pretty new at that stage. It was brand new, mm. yeah. And the dirt, it was like a BMX track, the two dirt dirt sections. Wow. And I say it was a 156 lap time or something I'd done at the race. I went out on the KTM and I'd done 155 straight away. And and you know what the dirt's, dirt's like at a supermoto track? It takes a while to sort of clean up. Yep. And I thought, geez, that felt good. And then I got on the new bike and I was like two seconds faster then I went all weekend on the Husky and, and I come back in, I just knew that yeah. like I had got a, to be I here. Got a, I yep. got a good package here. Like yep. I got to ride this bike and yeah. So I that know. was the brand new 450 yeah. custom built SMR. Hey? Yeah. Like. So it, it had the, five, it was a four speed bike, but they had the five speed. It had like a, it had an aftermarket short swing arm, big triple clamps. Like it Just, was adjustable trick. head angle. Yeah. Yeah. It was a, it was a purpose built bike. Like, I would love. I always dreamed of bringing it back to race in the Australian stuff, so yep. people could see how good it is. Yep. Like, yeah. But um, did yeah. any of them come back here? The, that that level of um, I remember bike, there was like it, a was it Vanderbosch? Yeah, I think one of their Prilias came back here. Yeah, I think so too. But I don't know if I've seen any of the um, KTM's. I haven't seen. I've seen my bike. Guys have messaged me over the years and said, "Oh, I bought this bike. It's it's. I think it's your bike." And yeah. Yep. Like carbon fiber um, air boxes and just really cool, really cool bikes. Pretty crazy in such a short time. You've come out of dirt track, racing with your dad, to now being in a factory KTM. Yeah, it was really, it was really weird to be honest. And and at the time, like that first year as a senior, like I was, I was just working and going to dirt track races and doing what dirt yeah. tracks I could. But then, I, and my like guys like Josh Waters and. And them guys, they're racing on road bikes already and we all wanted to be road racers. And yep. at the time I'm thinking, oh, I want to be road racing so bad. And then before I knew what, I'm racing the supermoto and, and I sort of just really wanted – I knew I could I, – I thought I could win in supermoto and yep. and so I didn't want to leave until I'd sort of got a, got myself to the pointy end. And, yeah, yep. I, I was really lucky. I'd, I'd got to the point where I was like, I've got to go road racing in 09. I really hoped that I could go in America and stay there and race. But yep. – I had no leverage and I had, you know, I didn't have the funds to run my own team and um, and I was sort of only wanted as a supermoto rider really. I had no experience. At that year in 08, um, KDN let me take a Super Duke, uh, 990 Super Duke. Oh, yeah. They're just a big naked bike. Yep. So I was doing track days and I was going 
I was going okay yep. on it. But I hadn't ridden a, a race bike as such before. so At all? No. Nah, I, I bought an uh, uh, ZX6 X race bike yep. in 08, at the end of 08 there, and I'd done a couple of rides. And um and I really liked it. Was that still in the states or? No, that was in Australia. Yeah, yeah. I actually done a race. They had a at Eastern Creek. They had remember they had the A one GPs. It was like the sort of small Formula One cars, and the different countries drove them. Mm. Yeah, so they had they had six hundred support class for that at Eastern Creek. Oh really? And um I end up I end up calling it a day early because I call calling it a day before the finish of it because I'd spent like. <laughs> I'd spend fifteen hundred bucks in tires, I think, and they were just—it was cold and shitty conditions, they and they were tear tearing up. up. Yep. I said, "Bugger this! I'm not going back on the Sunday." And um, yeah, but I ended up um, doing that, and then I was just—I was really lucky. I—I I I had such good support. Now I look back, like um, yep. like I literally drove—I literally flew back before the last round of the championship decider in America um, to go to the last round of the Australian Superbike Championship at. Um, uh, Eastern Creek yep. or Sydney Motorsport Park and I just I just rocked up there with my backpack and I literally just walked up and down pit lane talking to anyone that looked like they were in a team and, um, and just yeah I was just asking for a ride or a test ride basically and were you yeah. known like because Supermoto had a not a barrier but it wasn't um, you yeah. weren't in road racing were you no, known a I, little bit or I don't think I was generally in road racing they didn't look at a supermoto ride and said that guy's going to have potential on a road bike, yep. but um, like like Jay Foreman had ridden, had ridden the Suzuki team, um, the supermoto team, and and yep. so like he was good friends with Phil Tayden running the Suzuki team. Right. I, I imagine I've never got the full story, but I remember Gilesy telling me that you know Jay always had um, spoken high regard of me, yep. which was nice, and and I think um, it just was really lucky at the time. The guys that they had as an option for the 600, which Phil saw as a development series, were sort of established riders. Yep. I think Judd Greedy, who was, you know, mm. bless him, he, like he, yeah, the poor guy had a, a fatal accident. But at that stage, he was getting ready to start winning championships yep. and he was probably on the way to that year maybe. Um, but so that year before, they had sort of him and a, and a couple other guys that had been pretty established. And, and, so, and so Suzuki put Judd into a... A, um, a private Suzuki team right. and Phil took me in um, based off no experience. Wow. He literally gave me a test ride at Winton. Giles, he was injured and was coming back from injury and so they, so they thought, oh, we'll put Giles in the 600 for the day to get his eye back in. Giles, he picked me up on the way down there. We drove to Winton. I'd done two sessions in misty rain and, and I, I knew the lap time that I thought I should be doing and yep. I wasn't near it and at the end of the day, Phil brought me in the truck and said, here's a contract for 2009 if you want it and um yeah they were, they were so good to me they paid me a base salary so i could i could afford to race for the year without yep. working and um and i went back to america for the last round and that was it i was whether i won that race in america i was going to go road racing that's obviously a sign of how you carry yourself as a person too like you, you couldn't so, yeah. you couldn't do that as um being a prick you know no, what i mean like yeah. to, to put it like that you you obviously carried yourself in a professional manner yeah i think it 11 years like ago now yeah. i look back it goes i think it goes a long way yep rocking up like i didn't have my dad with me i didn't have a mate with yep. me i literally drove there on my own yep. and i i was just and it was intimidating like like um yeah like especially these guys like phil taint and like they're yeah. kings of the sport aren't they yeah i'm sitting in a truck with phil taint and perry morrison wow. and i was just like quivering yeah like and i've got no experience i'm trying to yep. tell them i'm going to be good <laughs> like, 
Yeah. It, yeah. That's huge. Yeah, that was, looking back on it, it was, yeah, it was pretty interesting times, really. Was it good fun living in the States? Yeah. It was actually good? Yeah. Where'd you base yourself? So the, the first year I was in San Diego. All right. And um, I was really lucky. The guy, a friend of the team, Kirk, um, he was a single bloke living on his own. Yep. Um, he took me in and I had a, a van to drive myself around in and, and I was just going down to the beach in La Jolla every day and wow. getting the shirt off and sitting on the beach and so living the high life. You're 33 now. That's like yeah. uh, 12 years. So 21-year-old. Yeah, I think I might have been. So 05, yeah. 20 yeah, years old. I was old. young, yeah. Just, I was underage. I was just underage yep. for, to drink over there. So 20-year-old, winning a supermoto title in the States. Yeah. Yeah, pretty cool time. It was, yeah, it was the best, yeah. yeah. And them years with with um, KTM, like like I had a top-of-the-line motocross bike and you'd literally go in and and um, and the mechanics, they were all good to me because I wasn't, you know, I wasn't a rock star. I was going yeah. in there getting my bike ready and and them guys would all get behind me. I'd, I'd come in to get my bike and, and the supercross mechanics had whacked a new set of tyres on it. Oh, so really? every day I'm going out with a new set of fresh rubber and, you know, um, like Josh Hansen had crashed the bike and the, the, the FMF muffler had a bit of a kink in it. So all of a sudden I've got myself a factory exhaust and wow. like just stuff like that. And even like sending me home with a box of fork, um, a couple of sets of forks and stuff to put in my bike at home. And it was just, I was so lucky. Like yeah. literally that time I didn't have any commitment over there. I didn't ever rent a house or anything because I was just staying in the summer. But there was one stage I had a massive sprinter. I had the supermoto bike, the motocross bike and the super duke. And I had the KDM fuel card and, and I could just get a motel. Like um, they had a deal with Best Westerns and I could stay at a Best Western motel. And I was just driving around riding and, and Kurt um, Nickel, the guy yep. running the team, he sort of, he never really questioned what I was doing because I wasn't the type of guy, I was never really out, you know, yep. multiple nights in a row on the piss and, and playing up. Yep. I never got in trouble as such. Um, barring one time, <laughs> and, um, <laughs> and and he was okay with it. It was yep. just a, a bit of a just a bit of fun that went wrong. And um, what was it? Uh, underage drinking. Okay. Yep. Yeah, which I was old enough to drink. It was yeah. actually he actually knew. I actually wasn't with KDM at the time. Yeah. And I thought it might have hampered my 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 um yeah. And this the is the twi- twenty one. Age drinking. Yeah. Because we're That's 18 right. So, here, I was, you know, so it's I was actually with Michael Curtis this night. I'm going to tell the story because yeah. it's, it's bloody awesome. <laughs> and um, oh, it was the best. We, I went out to a um, the Husky guy, the Husky sub, Husky had a, a couple of guys running a dirt track team. Yep. And they asked if I'd be interested in doing a, the, the short track national at Illinois, which, wow. which obviously I was super keen to do. Yeah. And um, so Mick Curtis is a mate of mine. He was racing with the Suzuki team. Uh, I went out and done it. It was the best fun. And um, so that night, um, I can't remember. I know exactly what when it was. It was the day that, unfortunately, Steve Irwin passed away. Oh, yeah. Because at midnight, we're all on the piss and, and all these American guys are saying to Mick and I, hey, you know, you know, you know how big of a star oh, it's huge. he was over there. They're like, geez, Steve Irwin's died. And, you know, obviously at the time we didn't believe the way he passed. We're all, all drinking anyway. That's how I remember the night it was. But so I end up in so much trouble. We went to a hotel that I wasn't staying at. Yep. We're with these two guys. I wish I could remember his name. He's a great lad. And we're trying to get in to the downstairs bar. And I didn't have ID which I didn't matter for it anyway because I wasn't old enough to drink. Yep. And I had a couple of drinks at this private party we're at. 
And the American guys had decided it would be a good idea if I pretended I was an American guy and put on an American accent. Oh, no. Maybe that would be easier. Yeah. So the security guard didn't let me in because I didn't have an ID, not because my accent wasn't good. I think my accent actually passed. Yep. So there was a party upstairs at the Hilton um, Motel we're at. So, oh, let's go and try upstairs. So I've gone upstairs. It might have been the other way around, actually, because I think I was downstairs. But anyway, we've gone to the next one. And I'm like, nah, I'll just be I'll just be myself. I'm trying to get into this bar, and it's actually going okay. The security guard from upstairs or downstairs, where it was, comes past. And, and it sort of – he'd let me off down the bottom because I was a, a decent guy and – you know, he's having a bit of a laugh. He said, look, I believe you're over eight. I believe you're 21, but I can't let you in. But then he realised that I was put on this accent. Yeah. So he thought that I was American and I was pretending to be Australian when he come. <laughs> and I'm, yeah. and so you imagine I'm like, no, mate, no, 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 I'm Australian. I swear to God, mate, I'm sorry. I shouldn't have done it. Yeah. I, like, I'm, I'm, I'll get out of here. It's, it's late by this stage anyway. And he is furious because... I'd made him look like a bit of an idiot yep. in his mind because I was putting on this um, Australian accent now yep. when I was actually American. And I'm like, no, no, I'm not, mate. And anyway, he's, lo- he's lost his temper at me. Yep. And he's, he's tried to physically get me out of there and, and he was only a little fella and, and he's throwing my arms around. The way it's gone, he's ended up on the ground yep. and I've just shit myself. Yeah. And I'm like, no, look, I'm really sorry. I'm going. I've gone to give him a hand up and he's just railed me, him and his mate. Into the ground, yep. arrested in the paddy wagon, off to um, Is it Illinois. Off to Illinois, lock up for the night, and I'm in this cell, and there's these two big guys next to me, and I'm shitting myself. Well, Curtis is having too much fun, yeah. So he's like, "Mate, I'll come get you in the morning." <laughs> like, so- You're what? <laughs> like the party was just getting started in his mind, and yep. um. And he thought, nah, you'll be right. I'll come and bail you in the morning. It's only one night. <laughs> he didn't rock up until 9.30 in the morning. I was sitting there with these two big blokes yep. shitting myself. Like, and I was, a, I was a little pretty boy from Australia. I was. And, um, mate, I left there with – I had to go – like, I couldn't go to court because I was racing. I had to yep. – there was a court case. I was trying to get a visa at the time. But I, they tried to do me for underage drinking, fair call, yep. trespassing – at the Hilton, yeah, assaulting an officer, uh, resisting arrest, and assaulting an officer. Holy! That's God. what they tried to get me for. Yep. And no one was injured. I did. Yeah, you know, I had a bit of a scuff on me from where they threw me in the paddy wagon. But that yep. was, yeah, and that was just as I was trying to, I was starting to talk to Kurt, and and I fessed up when I was chatting to him. I was like, yep. you may hear about this, and you know, with the visa, because the visa is a big part of it. I need a visa. Yep. Um, and he, anyway, he's like, he was okay, and um. That was the only time I've really been in big trouble. Man, that's huge. And the Isle, the Isle of Wight at Phillip Island doesn't count, does it? Oh, mate, there's a lot of stuff <laughs> happens there. That's like going on tour. Yeah, that's so, right. It should stay there. Oh, it should. Yeah, well, it, it's finished now. Yeah, unfortunately. Those old Isle of Wight times, the upstairs, and then yeah. they had the concert in the tent out the side and that. Yeah. It was a good, good was era great. for MotoGP. Especially when we're young blokes were there yeah. as fans and, you know, on yep. the odd occasion you'd see one of the big stars would come in and there you realise they're just normal people, don't you? In that's the thing. I think that's the big thing and... Um, People are just people. At the yeah. end of the day, you know, like uh, it doesn't matter who you are. People are just people. So yeah, it's that's right. Yeah, but uh, mate, that's huge. Yeah. Was Kurt like? Because you've got sort of two crosses against your name. You just crashed into him. Yeah, and then you've got right. that. Was he? Was he all good? Like from from once yeah. you got on the team and you're winning and yeah, he's good. I think he, you know, he liked the fact that I was there on my own. Yeah, I was 
I was batting for myself and and um yeah and like and back to the, the having the car and the bikes and he never really questioned the money yep. that was getting spent because I never I never stayed at nice places I never was going out and doing silly things and I was putting in a big effort and um and I was stunt and I was winning too so there was no questions asked really who was on Supercross then Josh Hansen was one yeah Josh Hansen I think Justin Brayton was there okay um you know what the old Ute that I got the the old Ute I had when I got there, this yep. old clunker was Brett Metcalf's old Ute. Oh, was it? So he must have just left the team then. I think yep. he may have went to Pro Circuit or something. Yeah. Um, trying to think of the eras, but at least they, if you got Hanson there, if yeah. there's any, like, <laughs> stuff that's going to happen, he's going to yeah. take it. So. Yeah, mate, he was he was so talented, but far out. Good style. Yeah. Like, I used to go and watch at the Supercross track a bit, and I'd ride when they went on the track. Yep. And, like, when he was going around the track, he'd always he'd always avoid the whoops. Because he didn't like yeah, right. being physically too hurt. Yep. He just do them on race weekend. Wow. But like, mate, when he was going through a section, he was often jumping something that some guys weren't, mm. but there was never a panic rev. Like, it was just smooth as silk. Just flow. Yeah. Yeah. It was great to watch. Super talented. Yeah. He actually done some supermoto races with me as well. Did he? Yeah. Um, he never done, he may have done one AMA race in lights. I think he got on the podium. Yeah, right. But um, I actually got to do some testing on the lights bike some engine testing for the supercross team yeah they just sent me out to the go-kart track and just i'd have to do like a full tank moto 45 50 minutes and these with, bikes, with the supermoto set up on it yeah they just yep. put the supermoto um, wheels in it for yep. me and i just put as much stress as i could to that engine for an hour yeah. a couple of times a day that was fun because them bikes were i mean that was a long time that was 08 but they were like i think they were like 45 46 horsepower 250s at the time horsepower. they were revving hard yeah so that's the, yeah, 250 SXF, like yeah. the first few years of them. Yeah. Any of them grenade? No, I never grenaded one. Not and one. there was a lot of, you know, they were grenading a bit back they then. They were, yeah. But, um, yeah, I never blew one up. But I remember I'd only ever really ridden big bikes yeah. ever since I went off a two-stroke. And it sort of almost scared me how hard this thing had rev. I'd always be short-shifting because the thing, had, you'd get yep. to whatever it was and it'd go another 4,000 revs. Just keep revs. going and going. Yeah. Because, yeah, yeah they, they, that era, like uh, seven, eight, nine. There's a lot of uh, yeah. a lot of detonation happening. Yeah. So, when you so you came back, you went into Phil Tainton. Yeah. The year after is when you got your Super Sport title, huh? Yeah, yeah. The first year '09, um, I I was just I was in the deep end, like yeah, big time. On the G six R six hundred. Yeah. Yep. Like my first ride with the team yep. was uh, a private day at Phillip Island. Yep. And there was me, Josh Waters, and Gilesy on the super bike. Christopher Mullen and Aoki on the MotoGP bike, Suzuki. Melandry and their test rider on the Kawasaki. And I think it was Corsa and Haslam on the BMW World Superbike and Kagiyama on the on the Suzuki World Superbike. So you're talking 09? Yeah. So you're talking... Uh, 09, yeah. For whatever, yeah. whoever's riding... First year of the BMS 1000. Yeah. Wow, what Mate, a day. it was scary. The first, yeah. My first or second flying lap, I hit a seagull and that scared me. Yep. Like, I have three memories of the weekend. One's the seagull. Yep. Two's Vermeulen come past me way too close down the, down the straight, yep. doing about 80k an hour faster than me when I'm already going faster than I've ever gone. Yep. And my third memory, which is a, almost a highlight of my career, was Melandry passing me and then crossing the line and he's on his in-lap. Yep. And he is putting on a show. He knew right. I was behind him. Yep. Out of Siberia, the thing's bucking and weaving. Up over Lukey Heights, he's I'm on his I'm on my limit, he's on his yep. inlap and I'm following him. He comes out of MG, looks back over his shoulder, and you know, you come out of eleven yep. and you peel it into the pits. 
mate, the smoke pissing off his rear really? wheel. I'm, I'm on his wheel on my limit, probably done my best lap of the weekend at the time. And, yep. and he's just looked back out of MGC and I was there and just ripped the biggest burnout all the way into pit lane. Wow. And I'm just thinking, how? And every, right. even Giles did that weekend too. Whenever he'd pass me, yeah. um, he'd, he'd just rip a big burnout just to show me what, it, what it's capable of doing. What it can do. Yep. Yeah. And like at the time I was just blown away. Yeah. But that was my first two days on the bike. And then, That's huge. Yeah. Had a good year the first year. I, I didn't oh, – sorry, I won a race. I got, I got a, a third place at Eastern Creek and um, I won at the last round, but it was really patchy conditions. I, mm. I was never fast enough to win that year in the dry. How'd you adapt to the speed? Um, it scared me a lot, especially yeah. that first that first weekend. You but go once like I started directly the race, to Phillip Island, like the fastest track yeah. in Australia. It's a it's a big jump in the water. Yeah, it's a double edged sword, Phillip Island, because you don't feel like you're on a powerful bike there, so that didn't scare me. Yeah. But then the, how fast you're going scares you. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the first once the racing started, the speed you forget about the speed because you're just sitting next to a guy, and that's how fast you're going. Really, you're not looking at things come past that's you. That's right. But, um, yeah, I'm not looking sideways. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Wow, that's huge. So, so you got you got a couple of wins or a win. Got a win. Yeah. You're there. Yeah. Who, who was who was around at that that time? In so that was the last year that guys were doing double duties. Jamie Stafford oh, yeah. was Jamie and Brian Starring. They were so at the start of that year it was Judd as well. Yep. Judd was Judd and Brian dominated the first round. Yep. And and Jamie was fast and also um, was Brian Shen, still in the Honda? No, he was Yamaha teammate with. Um, Jamie. Uh, then you had Shannon Johnson on a Honda. Yep. Um, ben Adard on a Kawasaki. Yep. There's a few fast guys on, on the on the R6s. Yep. And then there was me on the Suzuki. Um, I was always around sort of, depending on the track, I was I was given Shannon and, and Benny a bit of curry sometimes, but they were pretty crafty lads. It's a hard apprenticeship. Yeah, it was really lucky because the next year, um, there was I was the only factory bike. The next year, um, yep. like like Brody Waters had a good bike and there was a good Triumph in there, but um, yeah, I was probably lucky I got that first year. One more on really good tyres that year because after yep. that, we all went to a controlled spec tyre which wasn't as good. Mm. So I had a lot of grip that year and I had a lot of fast guys to follow around, and then um, I learned a lot so, from that year. Yeah. What was the tyre in 2010? It was a controlled Dunlop, Dunlop. and I think the Superbike had a French one and we had an English one or something, or maybe oh, yeah. vice versa. The Superbike one was horrendous. Mm. Um, they were like Dunlop had a great tyre at the time, and like that year I was on Dunlop tyres and, and we were flying. Like, yep. yeah, I, I think at Phillip Island I'd done like a, a 1 minute 35 8, which is a 35s of the island at the time was a really fast time. This on a 600? Yeah, I think now that they're, they're still, they're going that fast now, but it took a fair few years to get going. Still faster. Yeah, they're yeah. going faster now. I shouldn't say that. They're definitely going faster now. But, um, but yeah, it's the, 10 years too. Yeah, the know? year after, I think 36.9 was my best time. So wow, big tyre difference. Yeah, and it was, and that was a good year too because I'd got on Josh Waters' ex-factory bike for 09, yeah. which he'd been winning on a lot. So I was riding a bike that they knew, same tyre, same bike. Yep. Um, but that next year, I had to figure out how to set, well, Phil and I had to figure out what I wanted and Phil had to figure out how to set that bike up for me. Yep. So that probably was a good year too in the way I didn't have the, the out-and-out speed of competition, but I still had guys like Brodie Waters and Christian Casella that year stepped up really well and, yep. and we had some really good battles that year. Was Phil Tayton, is he a wizard? 
Yeah, there's a few guys in Australian Superbike that are really yep. good. Like you got obviously Paul Free. Yeah, Freebie. Yep. Clarky who just left me last year was, you know, yep. mate, that guy is good. Just new things back yeah, to front. Really yep. good. Um, there's there's heaps. There's a guy with any. I shouldn't say there's heaps. There's there's a, a guy with every manufacturer that's really good. Yeah. Um, and that, but there's a lot of guys that have a good Instagram page too. Yeah, that's another like, thing. That's the problem, isn't yeah. it? Because Phil's thing, one at that time. Hey, he was. Yeah. He was going really good, like yeah. across the board. You know. Yeah. You look at Benny Henry now. Like. Yeah. He, you know, up until a few years ago, people probably didn't hold him at high regard, unfortunately, because yeah. unfortunate. The unfortunate thing with a crew chief or a mechanic, there's no. Like people don't see a price value. You know, if you buy this hat, it's worth forty bucks. Yep, there's the product. Yep. Yeah, that's what you get. That's how much it is, and the tires are worth this much, and the exhaust is that much. But then, a lot of people expect that you know, their their expertise should be for free. Mm. Or, or not free, but not cost. Not much. valued. Yeah. Yeah, and they, and it's yeah, it's t- a tough game. I reckon, being a crew chief, like, like you got to be a. You got to be able to set a bike up. You yep. got to be able to un- understand a bike, um, and you've got to be a, a psychologist, really, a sports psych. Yep. Pretty much, because like um, we're all head cases. All the motorbike riders are head cases. We're all different, <laughs> and unfortunately, there's not a way of setting up a bike. It's more about how we're working in our head yep. on the day. Because like we we've been to Morgan Park that many times. This new bike, yep. I guarantee, poor old Freebie's going to be turning that bike upside down on a Thursday afternoon because. It's a race weekend. It'll all change. It'll all change, yep. yeah. The nerves will be so, different. Things will be different. Yeah, it'll be a tough job, mm. that's for sure. So 2011, you, you you won the title in 10. 2011, that's when you went overseas, Yeah, basically. Yep. Yeah, and um, so I'd done, the, I'd done a year on the superbike. Yep. And, and Phil had a, year, a plan for me. Like, I never had a contract over two years, but Phil said to me, you're going to be here three years at least, yep. and and maybe four. I want you to learn, win, learn, win. Yeah. And um and he 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 seemed to have a respect that I wanted to go overseas in that fourth year. Yeah. But he didn't advise me to do it. He advised that I stay in Australia. Mm. And I should have done that maybe, but probably the outcome would have been the same because I was that desperate to go overseas. I would have spent that fourth year just thinking I should have went. I should have went. I should have went. Yeah, and um, and anyway, I I'd done that year on the superbike in Australia, and I and I went really well. I was really consistent. I didn't crash a lot at all. Um, I got third in the championship. Yeah, I was never fast enough to win the race, but I spent a lot of the time being there and learning. And that was G six R. Yeah, thousand. So, yeah, yep. and Josh, Josh Waters was in his prime then. Yeah. Like he he was doing a at that time he was doing half the season and then racing overseas, and he was. He was fast yeah. and um, it was hard really because I, I'd grown up racing with Josh mm. and um, it just felt like every time I went to a track, he was just half a second quicker every time I went out, out of pit lane, even more sometimes. Like He's just so consistent, eh? Hey? Yeah. Mm. And um, that poor guy had an unfortunate few years, like like getting hurt and, and um, probably when things were starting to really take off, he got really badly hurt. That was in uh, Willow Springs. Yeah. And no one knows how, like no one really knows what happened then, like. He doesn't actually – I don't think he actually knows and whether he doesn't want to know, but, like, yeah. that was a really bad accident. Like, he was – Because that was in the States, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah, and when he came back, he was coming to the races and he was not um, – like, that took a long time for him to yeah. get over that. And then he got going good again and 
And then, um, yeah, for whatever reason, when he went overseas, he, he had flashes of brilliance, but it just didn't click. He, you know, it's the same old story. Who knows what it was, yeah. um, unfortunately. But, like, at that time when I was riding with him, he was real fast. Like, yeah, he was yeah. going to Suzuka and, and you know, he fast. was fast as well, guys, yeah. Yep. Yeah. So, which is good. That's what you want, isn't it? You want to be racing against the good guys. For sure. But then you want a couple of trophies in the cabinet too. To do it as well. <laughs> did, did you ever do a Suzuka? Yeah, I've done a couple You've now. done a couple, yeah. So I've done... Four? Yeah, yeah, four. Yeah. Who who you, who you teamed up with? Uh, first year I was with Jamie Stofer. Yep. Um, and and a Japanese rider. You done one with Hooky as well, didn't you? Did you? Did I do it with Hooky? I don't think. No, no, I didn't do it with Hooky. No. He um, he was sort of one level of bike above me. He 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 was riding. He was riding on the bike I rode the second time. Right. And then I've never made the bike he's riding now, but that one day I hope. But yeah, yep. so I've, I read, I rode two years with um, Sakurai Honda, which is a, a really well-known team in that race, right. and they they had one years ago. Um, and then I went to the Team Asia bike, right. which was that was a great experience. They were all I think there was seven or eight different nationalities in the team, through mechanics and stuff. Yeah, uh, Makoto Tamada was the team manager, right? And XGP racer yeah, too, I think. Yeah. Yep. And we didn't have the best bike. We didn't have a factory bike. We had a really good package button. And we finished sixth or seventh, um, which was better than better than that bike Should was be. supposed to be. And um, and then I got to ride the Marawaki bike last year, which wow. was awesome. And um, that that track, you've sort of got to be on a Bridgestone tyre, really. And um, I rode Bridgestones the first three years. Yeah. And then I got on the Morawaki bike and I was like, oh, this is it. But the Pirelli tyre just didn't have the life in it in them conditions. Mm. When they race, when they go to Europe and it's cold, yeah, it was great. But for whatever reason, I think that the experience that Bridgestone got there, you sort of need to be on a Bridgestone. But we still done well. We got ninth in the race, first yeah. first um, non-Bridgestone tyre, I think. Wow. And, um, yeah, that and that was, that was fun. That bike was fast and... Good electronics. Just a good and, package. Yeah. And, and just, that was still the older evolution of the Fireblade still, yeah, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah. I hadn't ridden the new one yet. And, and even when I was there, everyone knew the new one was coming, but none of the Japanese would talk about it. But it's silent. Yeah. So. Wait, what's it like going from tyre to tyre? Like, what, what are you on on your Honda here? I'm on a Michelin now. You're on a Michelin? Yeah, this year. What was it like going to another Fireblade like, uh, with a different tyre, like a Pirelli and stuff? Is it, is it, a, is it a big transfer? Yeah, so it was, yep. yeah. I, I had a lot of years on Dunlop and a lot of years in Pirelli. Yep. And then going to going to Japan and riding the Bridgestone, that was the hardest because yep. that tyre was, um, I guess it was more of an open tyre. Like it was, it was a... It's a, f- a factory tire, I guess, wow. and it and it demanded like you've got to be going to get that thing to work. Like, like it loses temperature if you don't go fast enough, even at a track where it's forty degrees. So, um, you've got to be going really well to, so it's to a get proper the temperature. Factory tire. Yeah. Yeah. And to be honest, the Michelins are sort of more that way now. They're maybe a little bit more temperamental of a tire. Yeah. Oh, not really. It's sort of hard to explain. The Pirelli is really good. For a track day guy, you roll out of pit lane and and um, you'll have enough grip, and, and it's got grip all the time. Yep. Um, the Michelin's got that, but if you're willing to get that thing working, yeah, it just keeps going and going. And and I don't I don't think I've seen the potential out of the Michelin yet. Really? But, um, yeah, we're pretty excited. Like we've got a new bike, we've got new tyres. Like Michelin are really behind us at the moment, and and um, 
we've been doing a lot of testing and we're starting to make clear inroads now. So, um, yeah, when they finally get this championship going, we've got a great package. Six weeks, mate. I hope so. Yeah. You reckon, it'll be, reckon we'll get going? I hope so. Yeah. yeah. I, for some I want to go to Taylor Bend. It feels like we're going to get going. And and the new bike, I'll come to it, I'll come to it, but the new bike at Taylor Bend, that's, um, that should be good. Yeah. Well, I think it's a good track for it. Yeah. I, I really think we're... It'll be a good first track for us. I think so. Yeah. yeah, definitely. Now, you come home from IDM, retired. Yeah. What did you do for work? So I spent. So once I was done, I was done late in the year. I I went to England and rode a bike in Aprilia, back to Germany, trying to. What sort of Aprilia? Uh, the, like an RSV4. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. I rode with a, a team in in British Superbike. Yep. Um, yeah, and then I went and rode the Honda, and I was just trying my best to find a ride. And um and I'd I'd find a I'd found a ride with I won't say the name of the team I found a ride with the BMW team mm-hmm. and um yeah they'd they'd already given my teammate who was a good friend of mine a, a start um, and then they'd found out I was available and and they were yeah the way I could read the riding and and they were basically willing to get rid of my teammate to put me in and, and take that him. spot. Yep. I think they were, I I believe they were definitely going to shaft him. Yeah. And um and that didn't play the way I'd been sacked and the way that was playing out. I it just didn't sit well with me. Yeah. And um and I got home and I remember I I got home and I said to I said to my mum and dad uh, I don't know if I'm going to go back next year. Like if you, if dad always said if I've got work mate if you if you want to if you want to come and do some work I've got too much work at the moment so yep. I need someone. And I sort of said to him, you know, I think I'm, I think I'm gonna not go back. I'm, I might start work with you. And they, they laughed. They literally yeah. laughed at me. And, yeah. I, and then we went, to, we're at dinner at their place, and I told them. And, and anyway, and I was down at the coffee shop, and my mates are there. And I'm thinking, geez, this is good. I'm hanging out here with my mates and enjoying it. It's good. And um, I rang Dad and said, I'll start work with you. I'm, I'm, um, I've sent the contract back. And actually, I, I called him. And um, called him and said that, look, I don't, I don't think, I don't think it's for me. Like I'm just letting you know that I, I don't, I don't think it's for me. And um, wow. and they, they sort of didn't really believe me or either. Like, and so I just, I emailed him and said, look, well, it's still December and you got plenty of time. I'm not signing the contract. I'm, I'm staying home. And um, yeah. And that was it. And, and I said, Dad, I'll start work. I'm going to have a month at home and then I'll start work with you. And he said, mate, I've got too big a job on. Go down, um, here's the business card, go down to the work, go down and get some um, work, get some new pair of boots because it had been a couple of years since I worked with Dad. So I literally told Dad that I'd not stop riding yep. on a Sunday and I think Tuesday morning I was on the shovel at work. What so sort of work did Dad do? Just um, small subdivisions and earth moving. Oh, yeah. Yep. So he's had a, a backer all, all my life. Yep. And then... Yeah, a little greater and all older stuff, but yep. dad's a dad's a handy bloke, so everything always worked well. Still going, yeah. Yeah, he's actually starting to wind down now, thankfully. Otherwise, his body's not going to last much longer. But um, yeah, so he was always on his own, and he'd get a couple of contractors in. Yeah, and then it was just him and I. I think I ended up doing it for close to two, definitely eighteen months or, or a year and a half, and then probably another six months of on and off, and then. Um, once it got back to where Honda were going to employ me again, or once I was getting employed, employed, so that first year I raced, I was just funding it myself, and and um, 
and I was like, I had good support, don't get me yep. wrong, but um, I wouldn't have been able to afford to do it properly as good as I did. But um, I was paying my entry fee and, and um, yep. I had a mate from Goulburn help me out as a mechanic and and um, paying my tyre bill and all that, kind of, all that wow. kind of stuff. But, yeah. So Honda, was that 14 you went to Honda? Yep. Yeah, I had yep. 13 off. 13 yeah. off as a whole year. Yeah. So 14, private Honda with a friend. Yeah. And you did the whole series? Yeah, yeah. This is sort of when it was split too, wasn't it? There was an That's ASBK right. and then That's there was right. the FX and stuff. Yeah, 14 and 15. It was I the split rode, years. I rode FX. I rode a couple of um, oh, one or two ASBK events in 15. Yep. Yeah. How, how was riding FX at that time? Well, for, for a rider, it was it was Australian Superbike, yep. if you ask me, because it was all the best riders they were all together. Um, the concept was different. I enjoyed it. Yep. Um, you know, Couple, a lot less tyres, controlled tyre, yep. short races, but plenty of starts. So it was quite intense. So you had constant races. Yeah, a lot more. Yep. Yeah, it was a lot. Of, it was good fun. Mm. Um, like, uh, yeah, I liked the longer races. I yep. probably okay. I prefer the longer races. I didn't. It wasn't that I didn't like the shorter races, but um, I like when the mental and physical battle comes into it, mm. which is more in, more in the longer races. But um, it was definitely fun and intense the way it worked. Like the Saturday events, you had, you had three races, but yep. um, your fastest lap time, your fastest lap time was uh, you qualifying for the Sunday over them three races on the Saturday. So you got guys. It's a tactical battle. You want to win, yep. but you want to get off the back and get a toe as well and get a fast lap. Right. So like Jamie was good at it, and, and Wayne. They, yep. like, uh, well, Wayne's they had different. They were the two benchmarks and. Wayne was the guy that just got out and went for it and just raced and, yep. and tried to do laps. Jamie would sit back off the front group and just run at him. Yep. And um and and he often get a good lap like time as well. Like slipstream, get in the draft. Yeah, yep. I I definitely so I I once I got up to speed at, at first I was just racing I was just yep. trying to hang on but um once I was up to speed I was sort of half half I'd I was always wanting to win but I was. If I knew I was on the guy in front of me, I'd, I'd get off, run at him, and then bank a lap. All right, good. I've, I think I've got a lap. Now yep. I'll try and go try on. Try and race. Yeah. I always wanted to win the race. But, yep. yeah. but you still want to be up the front for, for the day after. That's right, yeah. Why, why did you at that time choose a Honda? I chose the Honda because they had what I thought was the most established team in the country. Yep. Um, and, yeah, that's, that's the reason. I, yep. I pretty much... I wanted I wanted to go racing, and yep. I can't afford to do it on my own. And and I I thought, um, yeah, they were running a good team, and and there wasn't many teams running at the time. Mm. Uh, and Yamaha, and to be honest, Yamaha were pretty committed to the FX series. And I and when I'd left Australia, they sort of chose the FX series at the time. Yeah. And in my mind, in my mind, Honda were going to stay with the Australian Championship as long as possible. Yep. And I thought that's that's all that's where I want to be. And um, it's funny when I when I rang to try and get some Hondas, like there was people that said to me, "Hey, this is probably not going to be the most competitive bike in the FX rules." And I and I was I said, "I don't I don't mind. I can't one I can't afford to go and buy, you know, spend a heap of money." Um, and the Honda was the most affordable bike, regardless. Like, um, if you want to do if you want to go racing on the cheap, the Honda was the the best bike to have. Yep. Because it's easy to ride. Um, the parts were the same for a lot of years. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, the bike's fairly similar. For, yeah, you, for could, a you yep. could buy a couple of year old bike. Yep. And um, 
that's what it's sort of, that's one thing that has ground my gears over the years is um, look I'll say it, the bike, I don't believe the bike was the best bike on the grid all the time I think we had a really great team around us and a lot of experience which counted for a lot yep. but you got people saying to you yeah you're on the best bike okay that's fair enough but it's also the cheapest bike yep. and I'm the only Honda on the grid Yep. so what's going on there yeah there's a reason but, um, but when like, you did have I, I feel and I might be wrong is an extremely well balanced bike yeah like yeah. it's actually a good that's, balanced that's bike that's what I mean the bike the bike it's a great chassis yep. and it still is with a new bike, luckily. And also you've got like um, a team that have been together for years and years since they are the guys that introduced that model bike in 08 mm. to the series. So like it's it, – and that counts for a lot. For sure. Like you can't just go and get a bike and expect that it'll be good. It doesn't matter what bike it is. Like, yep. like you can go and buy Troy Bayless's Ducati or, yep. you know, whatever it is. That doesn't mean you're going to be able to ride it good, even if you're a good rider. That's so, right. um, yeah, but, and that's what I, I, I just, I knew that that was the team to be on. Because at yeah. that time, was it still MotoLogic? Yep. So Paul had MotoLogic still at that time, didn't he? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So Paul was, so how it worked out was Honda agreed to, they had the SP2 model coming out then yes. with a bit of bling on it. Yep. And, um, and Honda, had, Honda had agreed to build me one of them for the year yep. and, um, and then flog it off at the end of the year to pay for it. And, and I was going to get a couple of thousand dollar parts budget yep. and and then that's it. And and what happened was the bike wasn't ready yet at all. Like Paul physically didn't have the parts to build my bike because he had he had uh, Josh Hook and Jamie Stouffer yep. and then um, some some issues that had, had happened with the team that Wayne was with the previous year and that, and that was done. So... I think from memory, um, Link International or, or Modal or, or one of them guys um, backed Wayne. They put him into the team, so yeah. he was a third rider as such. Mm. Um, and uh, and so that was three bikes um, for one year. Yep. And then they couldn't build my bike, and um, and he's in a bit of a predicament. But Josh Hook had crashed at the World Superbike Support Race, and uh, and hurt himself. Yep. And so I, the first round of the championship, I actually filled in for Josh Hook. So that's why I started my racing back in a factory team because yep. I probably wasn't even the first pick at that time, if you that makes there. sense. It was just that I needed, they had commit, committed to give me a bike yep. and, um, and, and they didn't have one built for me. And um, I was so lucky. A guy from Canberra named Damien Murphy was a, a mad racer. He was racing flat out and he had Hondas. Yep. And, um, and... And uh, I, I rang him and just said, mate, you haven't been riding that Fireblade for a while. Like, do you mind if I take it and have, have a ride on it? Because right. I'm, I'm going racing and it looks, it's looking like I'm not even going to get to ride my bike because it's not built. Yep. And he was just like, mate, when are we going? He was oh, really? He, I was so lucky. Yeah. So yeah, he, he actually came to the track with me. I'd done four or five days on his bike and yep. and um, and and that's where you're – and that's probably where I was – I had a different mindset but – like that, so Damien's bike was a great bike. He'd he'd spent money on it. It had good suspension, yep. good exhaust. We had good tyres in it, but I couldn't get around the track fast on it. <laughs> really? I I was fast-ish, but yep. I wasn't going to win anything. I was I was getting down. I got down to where I was probably a second or so off where I needed to be to be winning. Yeah. And um and so I think for Damien too. It probably gave him a bit of closure on, like he'd stopped racing at that stage, and he was one of the guys that was always pretty good, like he yeah. was always competitive, and so then he 
he sees me get off a bike, off his bike. I go to the race bike. Yeah. I, I was on pole position that weekend. Wow. And he's probably thinking, shit, maybe if I had some good help, yep. off road would have been a bit better. And, and, but also for me, I'm like, shit, I've just got off. I've been slugging away on this bike. I yeah. crashed it. I'm putting tyres in it. And now I've got on, on Freebie's bike with um, all that experience. And there's no parts in that bike that I can't buy. Like, yeah. you can buy that bike. But, but you can't buy the brains. Yeah. And you've got yep. Freebie and, and Clarkie who was end up being with me. He was Hookie's mechanic, the crew chief at the time. Yep. He ended up being with me. And then um, Warren um, Monson, Monson mm. who worked for Phil for years and still does, who's an absolute guru that no one even really knows about probably. Yeah. Um, you know, in the road racing industry, he's well known. But he's a, he's, Phil's taught him everything he knows. So you've got Freebie, Warren and, um, and Clarkie in the one team. It was just like, mate, that bike was, trust. It was yep. working. Yeah. So, yeah, that taught me a lot and... And, so um, is that much of a difference? Yeah, just the bike's just so balanced. Yeah, and and everything, especially when there's three smart guys there, like they weren't working as with me as such at the start. But like um, like Clarky was good. He was, he was a hard nut, and and you know I even got the feeling when I first met him he didn't like me because he doesn't like anyone that bugger. Yeah, right. And, um, <laughs> but he obviously he seen I was having a go, yeah. and he, you know on a Saturday night before the race on a Sunday he'd he'd have a bit he put a bit of thought into my bike and anyway the bike was you know my comments they'd always heard like they've been with honda that long yeah like yeah the bike's doing this here oh yeah i've heard that right we know what to do with that so it was like that sort of thing whereas yeah like i'm riding around with damien and like let's let's pull the forks through five mil see what that does like which is you know it's all well and good you've got to do that stuff but like it's easier when you when you're with a guy that knows just knows every single, yeah, every part about it. Yeah. So, so you got in there. How long was Hooky out for? So he missed, I think, just the first and second round. Was your bike ready after that? I don't know maybe just the first round. Yeah. No. So what happened was, well, that that happened. I yep. I, I done that race and and um, it's funny. Like I, there was like thirty on the grid for that round. Wow. And I think on the first on the Friday practice, I'd have to check, but I think I was eighteenth. Yep. Um, after the first day. On the Friday practice. So is this your first race back? Yeah. Actual first one back too. We done a club race the weekend before, and yeah. um and we were slow, um, but I was mixing it with well, because the group was small. I was getting off with Wayne and Jamie, and I was yep. hanging on ish. Yep. <laughs> so uh, yeah, and um, uh, so on the Saturday I was qualified wherever it was fifth or sixth row, but because the Saturday is all about getting lap time, I was chasing every time. Wow. And they're out the front. It was the first weekend that everyone had experienced this rule of where you sort of got to do a lap time. Or in the last lap of the last race, I'd sort of got past my group and I had a group of five guys in front of me and I've just bloody Chasing. pulled a lap out of the hat. I've come into pit lane and my mate that was helping me mechanic, he's like, oh, that to me. I'm like, what? <laughs> and um, I was with Wayne and Jamie or yep. one of them. They were with me and I'm thinking, nah. He, look, he looks like he's looking at me, but he can't be. Yeah. Anyway, yeah, I, I put it on pole position. Yeah. And, um, so I've, on that last lap? On that last lap. So the, the Sunday is the big day. Like, the, you know, you want to win Saturday, but Sunday is the main championship. Yep. And, like, I was so rusty. Like, on my own I was okay yep. when I'm chasing someone, but I was too scared to let the brake off. I could not pass anyone. Wow. And, like, I think Wakefield there was three races, I think, 
the Wakefield races, the Saturday and Sunday at Malala, that's like nine races. I think I finished fourth or fifth like every race. Mm. I didn't crash or anything, but I just couldn't pass anyone. But then, yeah, something clicked me worth of the year and and um, I ended up breaking through and, and getting a, a few wins at the end of the year. and Just came back. Yeah. So after Wakefield, they decided, how about we just put you in the factory Honda yep. outfit? And um, and then they carted the bikes around for me. and, and It's a lot easier. Yeah. And so I just got myself to the races and paid my tyre bill and hotel wow. bill and entry and all that kind of jazz. And So you're still doing all that yeah, at that point? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It was cool. And Good way to come back to it. Yeah. Yeah. It was because I was doing it. I was doing it because I. You want to race I wanted bikes. to do it, and yeah, yeah. and you realise how lucky lucky you are when you're getting paid twenty grand a year or two hundred grand a year or yeah. more or whatever. You know, the guys are making millions, but you realise that man, it's such a, it's so good. It's addictive to be able to. Yeah, it's addictive and and it's such a luxury to be able to race a motorbike, like um for whatever wage it is, mm. like just to be able to do it at someone's expense is it's a huge honour. So what year is this? This is uh, it's 14. fourteen, yeah. So fifteen, you were into the squad. Yeah. Again, you actually got back in full yeah. time, hey? Yeah. It was Jamie Stouffer and I, and uh, Hooky went overseas. And um, what happened to Wayne? Wayne went, Wayne back, went to Yamaha. Back to Yamaha. Yamaha had the Yamaha. new R one, and he, the oh, grass yeah. was greener, so he left. <laughs> wow. The brand new R one. Yeah. 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 So that was like I think for Honda, for me at that stage, I was fresh, so I was like, I want to win. Yeah. And like. And the team I was in wanted to win too, but they that was 2015 and they'd had that bike since 08. Jamie had been on it since, I think, 2012 or something. He had a long time. Yeah, yeah, he was there a lot and um, he was such an asset for the team because he's just a, he's another guru. He's another guy that in the future he'll be saying that guy's yep. – he, he knows his shit. And, um, and so he was selling the bike well, but, like, for him, like, yeah, he's on a controlled tyre. He's on the bikes. The bikes have had – you know restrictions put into them, the, and the bike's not as competitive as it was. And yeah. and but I'm there with all this motivation because it's you know one we've got the you know I'm I'm starting up again, so I've got I'm just wanting to win. Yep. But then their motivation I think was the new R1 because there was big hype about it. So like it was huge hype that one. Yeah, going into the series like Freebie and Clarky and and Jamie, they were like, yeah, we got to we we can't we got to win. We got to yeah. we've got to beat that bike. Yeah. But um. But poor old Jamie, he was flying at the start of the year and um, he high-sided himself to the moon at Licky Heights in the um, Phillip Island support races. Right. And um, broke his hip, uh, pelvis or something, yeah. Mm. So. Because that would be pretty close to when the year that he had the start line. So that was the year after. Was that 16, yeah. was it? Yeah. Yeah, when that was scary too. Mike and I checked up and he hit us. yeah. Or, so was yeah. that 16, was it? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, right. Yeah, 16, I think. Yeah. That was yeah. your title year? Yeah, 16. Yeah, it was. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's right. Yeah. And that was... That was that was scary. Like, yeah, that, probably. Yeah, that could what have happened? been. What happened? So we all... I think I must have been fourth, Jonesy third, I think. Mm. And someone in first and second sort of checked up or something. Yep. Or, or like, at the time I was like, Mike's bloody... And Mike gives me shit about this all the time. <laughs> I'm like, nah, Mike, the Ducati got a buck up and was um, Jonesy was out of it and backed off and yep. I had to check up. I don't know why I said that, but anyway. Yeah. So then um, I think Jamie was behind me. So it must have been Jonesy. Jonesy checks up. 
I've checked up into him yep. and and we're first lap and and like me and Jamie and them Hondas at Phillip Island, we're just tucking everything in. So he was just looking yep. at my back wheel, I think, and he's just gone straight into me. Wow. And I, like it, sh- it threw me as well. Like I, there's a photo and it looks like I've looked back to see who I've taken out. But I actually didn't know someone crashed. Yep. I've had the hit and I've looked back and then like thought, geez, that bloke, that's lucky. Like yeah. I didn't see anyone. And um, it chunked my tyre. It took a big chunk out of my tyre. Oh, really? So straight when I come into turn one, the thing's wobbling and, um, yeah, and then that like ripped all his arm and yeah it was yeah. huge yeah because yeah. midway down the straight phillip island yeah. cranking along so oh yeah and he didn't even touch the grass he yeah. just slid for 220k just straight. yeah yeah that was full on yeah. so 15 was it a good year yeah yeah it was like getting that feel back yeah, yeah I, I felt like i was just a better rider like at that stage i hadn't until that end of 14 i hadn't won in australia on a super bike yeah i hadn't been the guy that was the favorite i guess yeah and um and and I was I had a good year. I, I think I controlled the championship pretty well, and and um, yeah, end up it ended up coming down to the wire. Like um, everyone thought I was choking at the last round because I was just going backwards in the last race. And where was the last one? It was it um, Eastern Creek. Yeah, okay. And I, I knew I was on from the. We had a really bad test. I crashed and I was slow. Yep. But we rolled out on the Friday, and I think my first flying lap, I broke that record for FX. Yep. And I knew I was going well. We dominated the first race on the Saturday and on the Saturday night. But then the last race, I chunked a tyre. And no one had been chunking tyres, really, at Eastern Creek. It's only Phillip Island, you've got to worry about that. Yep. And I'm going around, and this thing's getting real sideways on me. And, and um, so I passed, so Jamie rode like a legend. He was just at the front, bulldozing everyone. Yep. Every time someone passed in the straight, he was just straight in underneath them. Yep. And he held Wayne back. And if Wayne had beaten him, I would have lost. And and if I hadn't passed Glenn Allerton on the last lap, I would have lost. I think I won by one point. And, um, yeah, it come down to the last corner because I think I passed. I think I passed Glenn in the last section of corners. Even like, I just just snuck, snuck through, and he was on the beamer, so he was coming past me down the straight. Yeah, it must have been earlier in the lap because he was coming. I was getting towed up down the straight every lap, and um, and I was going around Corporate Hill. The things bouncing and everywhere, and we got in, and I. I I thought, what am I going to say if I lose this? Like it looks like I've choked. Yeah, but, yeah. Did you want it? Yeah, but I just got across the line. So I that got was in an FX championship. Yeah. Yeah. That was fifteens. Yeah. 15s. yeah. Wow. So you got fifteen for the FX, sixteen for the ASBK. Yeah. Back and straight then, back into it. Yeah, and then seventeen, I was. Look, I I I just want to make sure everyone knows. I I believe Josh was the best rider that year, but like it come down to mechanical at the end of the year. Like I was I was close to winning that championship. Yep. And um. Yeah, so it's been I've been right at the pointy end for a few years, and then um, last year was just oh man, man, I wish I won that. Oh. That is uh, yeah. that's I don't know. Like you, you're you're a fair historian of the sport too. Like you 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 can go back each year and talk about different mm. things, and that last year was probably one of the best I've seen. Yeah, it was cool. It's just yeah. so hard to talk about it in a positive way, even though I always do because yeah. you're the loser of the battle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But like we were just going tooth and nail. Oh, time. Yeah. It was good. It was good. Yeah. So it was, um, yeah. Like no one knew who was going to win. Like it was no, one and, and honestly, and I think Wayne, uh, I think Mike would say the same thing. Yeah. We both genuinely thought we were going to win that race. Like yep. I thought after warm up, I was like, I'm the better rider today. Like I can definitely win this. Like whereas going into it, it's hard. You don't know. Like um, he had a lot of form last year. Mm. Like in qualifying, he was exceptional. And, um, 
and he races well, and he's and he's pretty rock solid as far as mentally. Like mentally, pretty, yeah. yeah. Um, so it was like, shit, how, how am I going to do this? Like, but um, we fired up really well as a team on that weekend. Like, um, like Marcus Jodo last year, at the start of the year, I I didn't have a good feeling, honestly, about him, and yep. and um, and it didn't really feel like a team. And and to be fair, I probably didn't give a good enough chance. Yeah. And um, like throughout the year, I, I actually, I actually had to apologise to him, and not not because I believe I was being an an asshole to him. Yeah. I just, I thought I needed more. I thought he should be giving more respect. And then I realised, you know, what was I like when I was a what kid? What am I talking about? Yeah. yeah. But um, wow. but he was, but like he was getting going good, and and I think he. I think he, I think he matured a lot last year too. Yep. But then when we got to that last round at the test before that, we were really communicating well and we're actually out on the track together. Yep. And and Clarkie probably gave him my my crew chef definitely gave him more of a chance as well. Yep. And um and we went into that race as a it felt like a team and like and we got to we he was going really fast and we got to the qualifying session and honestly he just came up to me and said Troy I want to help you so yep. when you're going the new tire. We'll go out together, and you just run at me. Yeah. And um, I got him by one tenth. Like, he, oh, jeez. He should have been on pole because he was. We crossed the line, and I was like on my limit. I think I went to pole position at the time or second. I definitely done a PB lap time. And I've gone through turn one, through turn two, and I thought, no, nah, that's enough. I, I, I'm, I don't need to, I don't need to do more than that. Yeah. And um, he's kept the hammer into it, and he's crossed the first segment uh, sector, two tenths up on a lap before. And then he crashed it. Uh, yeah. But he still qualified, I think, fifth. And and then the races rode, he definitely made a breakthrough of it. So that helped. Like, that was a massive help because on our package at that track, it's the worst track in Australia um, to not have big horsepower. Yeah. Because it's a downhill run. You just, you cross that hill out of the turn 12 or whatever it is, and it's just a drag race down a hill. There's no yeah. real wheel stand. It just goes and... um. And so I got to start on the front row then. I, I could dictate the turns a bit. But um, unlucky for me, Jonesy got ripper starts. And then, yeah. But once we learned as the race went on, as soon as the grip was going out of that Ducati, he was losing a lot of time off the last turn. So much so, he'd sort of, it's like the throttles weren't opening or something. And then when they would, it'd come across the hill and he'd get a wobble up and a wheel stand. And I was just, a few times there I rolled straight onto his back wheel and one lap there I sat in the draft and then dived him into turn one. Because you don't see a fire blade do that. Like, I, no discredit to your current employer because <laughs> you've got a new bike now, but it's very rare to see a, to yeah. sit in the, in the slipstream even, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, but know? I think that was probably refreshing for everyone. Because sure. we all, like, he was passing me in a turn two on the brakes, which is like, hang on a minute, this is the opposite here. Like, That's right. All of a sudden we're passing each other down the straight and yeah. we're passing each other down through the corners. Yep. And I'm like, well, that's fair. It's fair play then. This is it. It's like, on. Best man's going to win it. And you're both, like, you're both mentally tough competitors. I said this to Mike too, but mentally tough competitors, both at your peak of fitness. Yeah. Both bikes looked incredibly level at the day. Yeah. Like, no, who's going to win? You know, it, yeah. was a, it, was a, it was a good race. Yeah. Like, I, like everyone's jokes, I, you're like, ah, oh, geez, you just went a bit wide down into, into out of corporate hill into turn nine. I was like, no, nah, I didn't lose it there. <laughs> I, that was that was never going to happen. That yep. that section, but he was um, he was really strong up into that turn eight 
left hand. Just as you come into the left, yeah. So I was getting out of that corner better than him, but he was he was actually on the brakes better than I was into that corner. Right. And I was worried that he was going to jam up underneath me there, and he had the he had the horsepower to drag me out of there. So yeah. I just kept it. I I just braked on the inside, then done the old scando out of the outside and Scandinavian <laughs> yep. flick, and then tried to bring it back and. <laughs> And he just set me up. He just yep. used the, the good braking he had into there, and then he, he dialed up underneath me and held me on his hip so I couldn't do anything. Yeah, you're stuck I, at that point. Well played. Checkmate almost. Yeah, it was, yeah. you know, I think. and Yeah, it was huge. It was, yeah. it was a big one. What Have you watched it back? Oh, yeah, I've watched it back. Like, you know, it's a good, it's a good race. Yeah. Like for, sorry, mate, you're here, but it, yeah. was a, it was a fantastic race. Yeah, so. it was. The other race, my, probably last year I... Two of my favourite races of all of ever that really? I've ever had, and not that it was probably anything that great to everyone that watched it, but at Phillip Island in race two at the end of the year, when you know things are getting down to the pointy end of the championship, yep. I was doing my best laps I've ever done around the island. Wow. Wayne, in my mind, is probably the best we've got around Island. that track. Yeah, I believe there's guys that go good on weekends, but he's always fast, and um, to to be able to catch him. And then, um, and then pull it off and get a win over him. That was that was my favourite win ever. Like, yeah. and and then that was at the point where I was like, all right, we're we're in this. Like, him and Jones had had an altercation down at um, Honda, yeah. and Jones had given me twenty five points, and I was I was leaving there in the hunt then. So, yeah, that was uh, yeah, that was a big weekend that one. Yeah. What? Why is um? Why is Wayne so good at Phillip Island? A lot of laps there, obviously. Yeah, he's. But he I, he has got something at Phillip Island. Yeah. Yeah. I I think. He's got a lot of experience there. Yeah. It suits his riding style. I think the way he sets up a bike suits Phillip Island. Yeah. I mean, sorry, the way he rides it, he's, he's one of the few guys you can guarantee that no matter what the condition, what the maker bike is, what tyres you're riding on, he's going to do a fast lap. Um, but, yeah, at that track, I think he just, he really, he always looks after the rear tyre for one. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, he just, he knows how to carry speed. Yeah. And it's an aggressive track on a tyre, so I guess it's one of the things that you need to need yeah. to look after it. Yeah. Who's who's been your toughest competitor? I think Wayne. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely as a guy. Definitely Wayne. Sorry, if we're talking about road racing, like yeah. like when I talk when I think about my toughest competitor, like it's almost like Darren Herrick when I was coming right. out of juniors. Because yep. we like he was just it's like that guy was just mentally unbreakable. Mm. He just always got a good start. He always rode really well, and like, and he always played fair but aggressive. Yeah. So like, he told me a lot about about um, the mental side of racing, I guess, because we had different, we had similar styles. We looked like twins on the bike, pretty much, mm. the way we rode. Yep. Um, so he was probably one of my toughest competitors because I think too because I was young and I, you know, a bit bit eager and nervous and, um, but definitely as the years have gone on, like in ASPK. I've had some really good races with Wayne. Um, yeah, now now there's a lot of other fast guys like like last year with Mike. Yeah. Um, if it's going to be like that for another few years, it's going to be tough. But yeah, it's going to be awesome. Yeah. You know, as a, as a spectator, it's 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 a good time. Yeah. And then like like the year getting the racing as Troy Bayless for a year, that was pretty special. Like for sure. Yeah. Like we had like he was super competitive. Like man, he yeah. Like just. Troy's a competitor. Yeah, he's like a. It's just he's like a, like a young kid. Yeah. He's like he's like Ollie Bayless now. Yeah, it is, like yeah. 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 You know when they're like they're just young guys just jamming in there and go for it and um and he just races every lap of the race at eleven tenths, 
I would hate to have hate to have ridden against him at, when he was my age. Yeah. So yeah, that, that was pretty cool. He's a um, he's like a born competitor. Yeah. Isn't he? He's, he really is. When did you become like a competitor? Um, Have you always been a com- like a? I've always like, like my parents say I always like love to compete. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think I, I think that's what I always had. Like maybe even when I was a kid, I probably wasn't the fastest on the track even, but I Just was always pretty competitive. Yeah. yeah. What about an athlete? When did you become an athlete? Um, like probably, now you're. Yeah. So it wasn't until later. I've always been active. Yeah. Played soccer when I was a kid, all that kind of stuff. And yeah. But I broke my arm at Newcastle that year in 05. Yep. And, and I, it was just going into the off-season. I just landed myself a good contract and I had money in the bank and yep. didn't have to work and I just turned 18 mm. <laughs> or whatever. I was 18 or whatever it was, 19. And, um, yeah, I just didn't take things serious enough. Yep. And when I got back on the bike, I really understood what it was like to be unfit. Right. And I didn't have a lot of strength. And, and from then on, I, um, I really knuckled down. And yeah, probably, yeah, them last two years at KTM, I was training a lot with the yep. bicycle in the gym and and then later in life, I've become super competitive with the push bike. Probably that year I had off on the motorbike, yep. that was my go-to. I was I was probably, <laughs> the local Goulburn cycle club, Cycling Club pretty didn't, didn't, didn't like my, competitive, my competitiveness yeah. all the time, but yeah. yeah, but that was my go-to for getting the edge, getting the competitive spirit out. Because you were like, you're in an elite level now, cycling, hey? Like, yeah, you are. Yeah. yeah, I guess. Yeah, at a national, at a in a in the Australian Championship, yep. I can be pretty competitive. You'll be there. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Wow. How much do you cycle now? Too much. <laughs> no, <laughs> um, no. Throughout the year, so last year was my one of my biggest years. Yeah. And um, like I averaged, I think I averaged 500k a week. Mm-hmm. But there's some year, some months where I don't do many k's at all. But like in December and November, November and September last year, because the Australian Championships are one-off race on the sixth of January or around that time every yep. year. Um, so yeah, November, December works perfect. We, we're not racing. Yep. Um, I do a huge block of training, and then um, then from that race in January, then I try and get myself physically fit in the gym and stuff like that, and then we're back on the bike. And it's sort of like I know I don't have an off season because I train really hard November, yep. December, but I love cycling. Like it's, it's a proper passion. It's a pure, it's a pure passion for me. So yeah. I'm enjoying that few months, and then I go to that race, and it's fun. It's a lot of fun for me. Whereas the pros are going to that race, like ah, oh, geez, I've got a race in early January, then go to Europe and do the season. The season comes. Yeah. yeah. So so I do that. Then I've got January, um, pretty pretty cruisy with the bike because there's not a lot of racing or riding happening. Yeah. And then we start that official test in February. So. Yeah. Um, I've got a good base fitness and I'm really lucky. <laughs> and mountain biking as well, you did that, like, obviously you just did the Hidden Vale. Yeah. 100? Yeah. 100 soul car, destroying. 100 I said your thing, then soul destroying. And I'm like, if yeah. Troy Herf, I, I think my soul left my body. <laughs> yeah. If you're saying that your soul's left your body and I know the level of fitness you're at, I'm like, man, this must be one of the worst things ever. Yeah. Was it hard? Like, just genuinely. It was super hard and, and I made it hard for myself, obviously, because I was trying to go well, but. Yep. There's a guy there, um, Jared Graves, who's a just a huge talent in the mountain bike world. Right. BMX Olympian, downhill rider, multiple World Cup wins. Yeah. And um, he'd been doing a few road races on the push bike. Yep. And um, we were having a chat after one of the races, and and um, I knew the hidden bar was coming up, and he said, oh, "I'm um, I'm real keen on the on this 
Hidden Vale race. I haven't done many, mar- haven't done a marathon before. Yeah. I've been, I'm training hard for it, and and um, it sort of got me thinking. I'm like, oh yeah, I'd, I'd like to, I'd like to try and yeah. have a go against him, see how he goes, because he's in tip-top shape and he's he's a world-class athlete. And then Troy and Benny Henry and Mike Jones are doing it as well. Yeah. And um, so I went out and done a Wednesday. I hadn't ridden the mountain bike in a while actually, but I've been training hard on the roadie. Went out on a Wednesday with Benny. And he's like, oh, yeah, we'll just do an easy one today. Well, Benny had the form of his life. He's just flying. Troy crashed. I crashed. Yep. Bent my front disc. But he scuffed myself up. And Well, this is just before. Just before the race out. on the Sunday. Yeah. And then um, I was okay for the race. But in the race, I I tried to ride at Jared's level. Yeah. And at about 70K, I was with, I think I was a minute and a half down, which is not far in a, in a long race. Yeah. But I lost 15 minutes in the last 25k wow my lights went out completely i was delirious i nearly got beaten actually the guys were only a few minutes behind me that um finished behind me but so what happens at that point like do you just turn off you just go to your body just runs out so what happens what happened for me was you got food but your body's it can't it can't tolerate the the gels and any food because your gut's just getting rattled around you're getting dehydrated yeah and um so then you can't eat but you need food because you've got no energy. And then um, it just gets to a point where you've got no power. So every time you get an incline, you're just spinning. Yep. But then going down the hills, my, my body's just that fatigued. I couldn't even flow down the hills and you just, you're, you're hurting so wow. bad. It was top five most brutal things I've done, I reckon. Because yeah. you've ridden everywhere. I've like done on, the cycle. on motorbike, cycling, yep. mountain biking. I've even had a crack at a 24-hour mountain bike before. And, and like, because it's 100K... I know it sounds weird, but it's sort of like a, it's it's still a race where if you're an elite cyclist or a mountain biker, sprint, you actually go pretty fast. Like, yeah, yeah, and um, but yeah, that last twenty k, I definitely didn't go fast. Mm-hmm. He won it, and he was. It was nice to ride against someone like Jared and see how impressive he is. But yeah, man. And how did he fine. go? Did he did he burn? He said he felt good at the end. He said he t- he said he was happy with how he paced it. Timed it, yeah. And he he come home really strong. Yep. I yeah, I and you got second overall. I got second, yeah, 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 which I'm stoked about. There's, oh yeah, there's a couple of really handy young riders there, and and um yeah, it's good. Troy's turned his hand to it, hey? Yeah, like mate, he's oh, just an athlete. That guy, like, yep. and competitive as like, yeah, yeah. Like I said, I would hate to have gone to that motorbike race or racing a, a superbike race against him when he was my age, because yep. I've heard stories that he used to get on the push bike. Um, like cycle with with pros and and where he lived, he, I, I'm pretty sure there was a point there in his career where he was a real handy cyclist. Like um could have probably yep. um had a crack at that if he wanted because he's super lean. He he yeah. just dances on the pedals, have a climb. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's a um yeah. He's definitely got it. Did you ever did you ever look at that? Did you ever look at going to like professional cycling? Did not you? not really. I do you just enjoy it so much? I just enjoy it so much. Yeah. Like um yeah. Yeah, one year I done well at nationals and got in the early breakaway and and got a bit of media out of it and and um and there was not not big proteins but there was you know I had the chance to ride with the team and but yep. it sort of yeah put it this way if it was the same level as riding as an Australian superbike team I was I was always going to stay racing a motorbike yeah and um I actually don't know how they train that hard throughout the year I guess if you're on a big paycheck it'd be easier to get out of bed in the morning but yeah like um. Yeah, it's a it's a brutal sport, um, cycling and, and mountain biking, and they they're on the bike a lot, thirty yep. hours a week probably. Yeah. yeah, it's a lot of time, isn't it? Yeah, you know, a lot of lot of um, lot of burn time. Yeah, how how many times do you get to go to the AIS? 
Not many. Um, only a couple of times with the with the, the rider development. The rider development. I'd love to yeah. go now and do some of the testing. Good to see where you're at. Because I'd love to see what my 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 VO two and stuff is compared yep. to a you know an elite rower or elite cyclist or. Yep. Because we don't get there. There is some people in the sport that aren't fit, but the guys that are fit, yep. they're proper fit. Like yeah, a, yeah. Especially in motocross, like um the the, the average motocrosser is really fit. Um, the, and the, I think the average road racer is probably not fit enough because they still don't believe that you need it. But it's definitely in the last few years people are realising that it helps to be fit. Like yep. just your, I don't even know the name of it, your, your, like your, your, how you function, how your yep. brain functions. It, it, cognitive. Yeah, cognitive exactly. Function, yeah, yeah. yeah, You need to be fit mm. really like, um, and you need to know how to make really quick decisions um, under huge load and, and huge stress. Because, like, the, the top, you know, the top four at the moment, you know, um, yourself, Mike, Wayne. Yeah. Probably Ryan Starring. Yeah. Oh, he's... As yeah, well. It'll be you four guys would be the, mm. you know, the elite road racing currently. Yeah. Are all super, super fit. Yeah. Brian's one guy that's just brutally fit. Yeah? Yeah. Or, mm-hmm. yeah, that guy's... In the, cardi- in the cardio side? Cardio, yeah, as yeah. well. Yeah. Um, but like strength-wise and yep. and just um, general just general fitness, yep. he's extremely impressive. Yeah. yeah, it's an it's an interesting thing to see because um, the sports evolved into that now. Yeah, you know, like it, it wasn't sort of ever. You know, nah, so, no. So yeah. Um, yeah, very cool. Yeah. What's been your favourite bike along the way? Um, favourite bike, it would be. Um, the bike I, I won the championship in 2018, that that'll, that'll go down as my favourite yeah. bike. But that KX500 I raced when I was a junior, when I came out of juniors, that was so cool. Like, Do you know where yeah. it's at? Um, I don't know. No, I don't no. know. No, I think Tom sold it like shortly after, which yeah. I, I don't actually know. He may not have sold it. Yeah. But um, that and then like the, the KDM Submoto bike in 08, yeah. them three bikes were just... They were pretty special bikes, like yep. um, the, the the 500 because you know as a dirt track fan you grow up like yeah men ride them that's yeah. what, that's what I want to <laughs> ride a men's bike yeah. yeah and the the KTM because it was a special bike yeah. that you you can't buy it was it was really impressive it's built for you yeah yep. and then um and then like the way I won the championship in 18 it was something I'll never forget so yeah yeah so it brings a memory to you yeah that bike was when we rode out of pit lane on that bike it was always good yeah. yeah. It, it, it did seem like a good package just to watch, yeah. you know, as a spectator. Yeah. What about your new one? How's that? I think hopefully in a year's time I'll be, yeah, I'll be saying the same thing. I, I think, yeah. I mean, it's definitely good. I, there's no yeah. question it's good. So you've done a few laps on it. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. We're happy. we're extremely competitive on it, yeah. and um, at the moment it's hard to get a yardstick because I've been on Pirelli for a long time and now we're on Michelin. Yeah. Right. Um, but the the Michelin, yeah, I've been. Like I've equaled the lap record out there um, a couple of times now, yep. and um, and I think I know for sure if I'd done a time trial right now, I'd go faster over race distance than I have been in the past. Yep. We just got to work out how fast James is going now, don't we? Because he's going faster as well. So yeah. Um, yeah. As far as comparing this package against last year's package, we're hands down definitely better than we yep. were this time last year at Morgan Park, but um. We'll wait and see. It's definitely faster. I can tell you that. That's good. Like, um, it just revs like crazy. Like, and um, I've ridden with a lot of guys on the track out there. Um, yep. And sort of, you come out of the corner and you just sort of, 
even with Jonesy and um, young Ollie, I've yep. ridden, I've actually been with them on the track and, and I can go toe-to-toe with the Ducati now. Even though it's it's a different track there because it's, you know, you've got undulations and, and short straights, so it's not actually a drag race, but mm. um, there's certain areas on the track where I knew I would lose ground last year and, and now I can just accelerate on the wheel. So, yeah, it's pretty That's exciting. Cool. That's exciting. Yeah, yeah, yeah it, it sort of brings a new, um, it's a new era again. Yeah. You know? As long as we can get to race them. I know, right? So that's that's the big part. But hopefully, uh, Taylor and Bend and what was it? Was it Winton? Yeah, double header at Winton. Yeah. So yeah, that'll be that'll be good. Taylor and Bend because it's got a big straight, so I'll be able to come onto the straight and that'll be a test and just see exactly where we're at. How'd you go at Taylor and Bend last year? That was the worst round. I was thinking Weird about track. it like that was the worst round I've had um, in a long time. We just didn't get going. Good track, um, but it's a very it's a great track. Very, yeah. um, the year before, I had a great time there, mm. but um, yeah, we had a terrible weekend there. That was probably we realised we needed to do something um, with the bike at that stage. We were just, I think. So what had happened was we'd we'd gone to Phillip Island, where it's a track where my information's cloudy with a bike because I just always seem to struggle there in the past up yep. to that point. And then we went to Wakefield, where, like, to be fair, at times you could put a couple of wooden planks in the thing, and I was I find a way to make it work because yep. I'd done so many laps around there yep. and I think we changed the bike a lot there and it went well but we had have we hadn't have actually made the bike better if that makes sense yep and then we went to tail and bend and chased it's a fast tail. flowing track and we just chased, chased the tail yeah yeah and Mike really fired up that weekend yeah he did he did um he had a good weekend there yeah. eh? tell me this last year Paul was with Ducati yeah that must have been a bit weird because you had a long yeah. relationship. Yeah. You know? It was weird. So you had Clarky obviously still in your side. Yeah. So when I was with Freebie, yep. Freebie was working um, as crew chief for uh, Jamie. Mm. So I was always working. Jamie, uh, Jamie and Freebie and Sean and I always helped each other. Yep. But um, we went our own direction and, he, and so did they. So I, I'd only really worked with Clarky. I hadn't actually worked with Freebie yet. Yep. Um, like, yeah, when he started working with them guys, I was like, oh, okay. Well, that, that, this is different. That's different, but yeah. with Troy and that, and, I, and obviously, you know, he's good. So yep. um, that's, yeah, that's scary because Troy Bayless and, and Freebie working together and then Jonesy and Freebie. And, and then um, and then when Clarky decided he was going to um, finish up, like like I, yeah, like I didn't go after Freebie. I was too scared. I didn't want to be that guy. I knew that I needed someone good yep. and we were trying our best to find someone to work with and, and um, the way it worked out, Freebie was um, looking to, to do something different and yep. and it, it just worked out. So, um, But it's been, it's sort of weird. Like we, we know each other really well and we're good friends and, and he, he's done so much for me in the past. But then working as a team, it was weird. We didn't know each other and how we wow. worked and, and um, it definitely hasn't been like easy but now because I've been with Clarky for so long it's been a, a hard transition but these last through COVID we've had a lot of experience together now so we've yep. been we've been taking the bike out together and working together and like uh, my information is now better for him like because like every rider is different it's getting like, that bond isn't it yeah like I'm sure Mike explains things different I, I explained and so does Troy and so did Jamie before that and and so he's got to learn my language, I guess, and I've got to yep. learn his language. So that's where it's that's where the young young fellas need to realise that um, it doesn't matter how good you are or you think you are, and how good you think your bike is. That yep. that third piece of the puzzle is having a team around you, having a team and having um, being able to communicate. Yeah, 
as well. I guess that's a big part in it, being yeah. able to actually say what, what you're feeling. Yeah. I guess that's a big, big part. And a lot of people, I guess, when they're younger, don't know, should I be saying no. this or not? Yeah. I, and I when guess. you're young, you don't know. Like, it's hard. If you ride a Yamaha or a Honda yeah. and I ride a Honda or a Yamaha and you're half a second faster than me a lap, yep. then when you're young, you feel bad to say something. Like, yeah. like with Josh, when, when I was teammates with Josh and even when I was riding um, his bike, yep. but going a lot slower than he was the previous year, I didn't want to complain about it because, like, the bike's capable of doing that lap time. Yeah. So, like, you don't necessarily – it's not that you don't know. You're just too scared to sort of say much. But then as you get older, you realise that, look, it's just – that There's bike must be capable of that lap time. Yep. But with me and that bike right now, it's not working, so we need to change it. <laughs> yep. And, and yeah. everyone I, – I guess at some point you realise everyone's got the same goal too. Yeah. Like everyone's there to win. And yeah. If you talk more, you're going to probably win more. Yeah. Sort of thing. So yeah. to everyone that's watched this too, the camera's just cut out a bit ago. We've we've chatted for a fair while. Nah, sorry, so, mate. No, nah, no, nah, all good, the, mate. The all boys good. in the team are going to love this because they're always saying I'm like an old man and love it, love having a yarn. So. Ah, it's good, mate. It's it's yeah. actually been awesome. I what try, do, try what do we see out of you in the future? Hopefully, hopefully a lot of Australian Superbike Championships. Yep, that's <laughs> the plan. Yeah. Continue I, racing. Yeah, I, I want to, like I feel like I'm in my prime now and, um, and, uh, like I'm still taking a lot of risk and still, yep. still getting amongst it, and I still feel like, like the like when I leave the track on a weekend, I feel like there's a there's a, a it's definitely ca I'm definitely capable of winning that particular event. Yep. And um, yeah, I wanna, I wanna, I wanna finish racing, and people say, I think Troy was one of the best superbike riders we've had. You know, I didn't go overseas, but as far as Australian superbike goes, um, I wanna be. Yeah, if they make a record book up, I want to I want to be the guy that's won the most races. <laughs> awesome, awesome. Well, I guess they. Wonder if they do have the one already. I don't, I don't know. know. Yeah, I've yeah. never never really known. I know Russell Colvin. Yeah, have you met Russell? Yeah, yep. Russell's a, a huge fan of the sport. He he's yep. he's one guy you need to have a chat to because he is an encyclopedia of Australian racing, and um, he's been good enough to do my my stats. Yep. And he's kept a record of them over the years, and so I know exactly. Well, he knows exactly how many races. I think I'm coming up on 100 starts or something. And then yep. I can't remember. Yeah, but he's he um he's kept record of it. So does he look after some of your meter stuff? He did for a long time. Yep. And he's he's just got too busy. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yep. He's um he's yeah he does a lot of he does a lot of work on a race weekend. That guy. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. He's um. Yeah, he's a man in many places over a yeah. race weekend. So. And always excitable too. Very. Yeah. <laughs> very uh, very excitable. So. Yeah. Mate, well, thank you so much. Obviously, it's a privilege to come have you have you come in, and thank you so much for being here, mate. Yeah, I really appreciate you having me. Thank it's, you. Um, I can't wait to see you. Are you allowed to say you're racing this week? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. yeah. this comes out Friday, so um, okay, yeah, it's on this weekend. Me and Jonesy yeah, and Ollie awesome. and Aiden and everyone else. There. And you like Morgan Park, eh? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So we're back. I out think of... um, Aiden and Jones and Ollie. I think it's all it's their home track too. I think, and it's not my home track, but I really love it out there. So. It should be a good weekend. So yeah, new bike, it'll be good. Ollie's in there, yeah. Mike's in there, Aiden's in there, yeah. uh, Corey Turner's in there. Sorry, Corey Turner, yeah, he's well, going really local. well. So, yeah. so yeah. he's on a 2015 bike too. Yeah. So he's going He's a, He's one guy that, um, like you know someone's a good rider when they can just come and, whether he's not winning when he comes and does it, but like when they just jump on yep. and they find a way to get up the front end, pointy end, that's when you know you've got a guy that yep. can be good. Like you consistent. see guys that are out there doing it every weekend on the same bike for a few years and, they, and they're and going really good and that's great too. But then when you're trying to – I think if you're, 
if you're looking for someone to put on a bike, then you yeah. look at them guys that can just jump out. Like he can jump in a sidecar, yeah. jump off it, come out and be top top ten on a super bike. Like that's yeah. pretty pretty hard work. After putting an engine in a sidecar all night. That's right. You know, like doing that sort of stuff yeah. too. So yeah, no, they're copying shit from his dad or his, his oh, family. Oh man, they give it to him. Yeah. So they are. Uh, I was I, I sat down with them um, Saturday night, the last round of the the super bikes up there. Yeah. And literally. Put, it's time to put a motor in so the family just gets yeah. around and it's like the army walks into a place yeah, yeah it's pretty crazy they're, um, they're yeah. into it they're addicted yeah. so it's good but uh, well mate thank you so much and uh, we're probably a couple of hours in but uh, thank you mate and uh, yeah catch you around two mate thank you see you mate